0: Do you like
1: my robot? Uh, yeah, I saw that. I saw you choosing your... Because when you first came on, I was like, man, Tina fucking redid the whole house.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I'm sitting in the smallest room of my house. Yeah. But it's got robots.
1: It does. <laughs> Bonus robot content. Yeah. yeah. The robot content you crave. Thanks for attempting this great experiment.
0: I wanted to do the experiment. Yeah. I was excited about the experiment. Let the great experiment begin. Oh god. Oh, you brought the bell.
1: <laughs> of course you brought the bell.
0: I didn't have to bring I didn't have to bring yeah, it that's, anywhere. That's it where lives. the
1: bell lives,
0: yeah. Uh-huh. Fair. <laughs> for whom the bell tolls.
1: That's right. So yeah,
2: uh Hi, nice to see you. Yeah. It's been a while.
0: Yeah, I know. Everybody's getting a COVID look, you know? Yep.
1: Yep. I didn't shave for like four months.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm still not shaving. 100% Yeti from like the waist down. <laughs> I actually asked if I had to wear pants for this event. Yeah.
1: But... I was like, no, of course not. Pants are optional even when you're here.
0: Yeah. It's true. It's true. Yeah.
1: I ran the air conditioner all day, so hopefully this room stays cool, or otherwise, the shirt might come off. It might come off. I don't know. No promises. So, yeah, I don't know. Well, hello, excellent Tina. <laughs> hello, and...
0: excellent humans. <laughs>
1: And welcome to Hate Watch, Great Watch, COVID-19, uh, socially distant
2: I mean, if you're going to do that, we should maybe, like, explain that, like, yes, we've been putting out a bunch of episodes. Well, but, like... I think the
1: cat's out of the bag on that, because, yeah. I mean, A, I don't really ever uh, really hide it very well. <laughs> yeah. We always talk about how it's definitely July or whatever. Yeah. Which just sounds suspicious. Yeah. But yeah, they take so much man hours uh, for us to edit and put together and all that crap, and uh, so yeah, we you know we stockpile episodes, and so luckily we were able to coast for a while. But now it is uh, October. See, we're even doing it now. Yeah, um, look at that. Now it's yeah. now it's, it's October.
2: It's Tober.
1: Yeah, it's definitely August you know How August-tober. much has happened? It's <laughs> fucking summer ween, you guys.
2: Yeah. Oh,
1: Everybody, God. go carve a watermelon into a spooky jack o' lantern face, and then drink the innards.
0: during quarantine that like you start to run out of stuff to stream so you're streaming like on weird channels like i'm streaming like tlc go who watches tlc go apparently i do because they have new content all the time anyway i
1: didn't even know that was a thing
0: no but i literally
1: was just today talking about downloading the shout factory tv app because they apparently have a show i never heard of which stars ben vereen and Jeff Goldblum, and it's from, like, the early 80s, and they are detectives, and it is called Ten Speed and Brown Shoe. All the words I just said are true, and yet even I don't believe them. (laughs)
0: All right. I don't know what to say about any of that.
1: No. I don't know either. I was like, well, I have to download this app I never heard of. I was like, I really hope it's free, because otherwise I'm definitely paying for it. (laughs) And, yeah, it's got a free tier. I'm like, yeah, let's do it.
0: But... In watching our our movie, our topic movie, Foxfire, Pluto has commercials, which they like to insert completely and totally randomly. Okay, oh, that yeah. bothered me so
2: much while we were I, watching. Like, give me a little warning or something. I like the little bar saying that, like, I have, like, two more commercials to watch or whatever. Like, it's reassuring to me.
0: Like, yes, your stuff's coming back. They don't even, like, give you a cut to black or anything. It's just,
1: like,
0: mid-sentence. You get a commercial.
1: Oh, yeah. Anyway.
0: What did we watch? What? Yeah. Foxfire.
1: What year was
2: this?
0: Boy, did we.
2: Um, it was 1996.
1: It feels earlier than that to me.
2: It does, but it was 1996. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, it's based off of a book, which was, um, you know, written earlier than that still. It's
0: real loosely based. The book was written in, like... I don't know when. I, yeah, many many a decade before the book, yeah, uh, before yeah. the movie.
1: Uh, it's a Joyce Carol Oates book. Yes. By the way, yes. I don't know if we said that, but yeah, for, for posterity.
2: I don't know her.
1: Yeah, you probably do. You uh, totally she... do. You just don't know the. Yeah, other type. some of her stuff has been adapted, into other stuff. Uh... Um, yeah, she's you know really good, kind of brutal, you know.
2: Yeah. Well, that's okay. I watched before, before okay.
1: we before we go too far in. Okay. Hello, excellent humans. I'm Again. Hunter Bush. <laughs> well we didn't do this part. Okay. We didn't do the I'm Hunter Bush.
2: I'm Allison coolest. And
1: our guest today. Tina Dylan. Via Skype. Uh, okay, so now we can talk about that.
0: <laughs> now we can do it. Now we can do the thing. Yeah, no, I watched this as a teenager
2: um around the same time as Girl Interrupted was much later no yeah but it was yet another uh angelina jolie like teenage drama kind of thing yeah. yeah
0: young
1: young yeah. woman drama young,
0: yeah and angelina jolie's character in this has a little bit of that vibe a little bit yeah um
2: well troubled
0: <laughs> well she does troubled that very well and it is very 90s yeah but it almost if you wanted to pretend like girl interrupted was like the sequel to foxfire you could probably make that connect i'm just saying
1: Oh, definitely.
0: I just mean, like, story-wise. Like, I think, well, we'll get there. We'll get there. What's interesting, though, is this was probably my most favorite movie as a teenager. Like, top three. I'm going to say it was probably number one,
1: for sure. Really? What, around this era for you, like, what were the top three or so?
0: Oh, like, The Craft was in there. Sure. Uh, Let's see. What else would have been in there? Maybe Empire Records.
1: Okay. Dumb and dumber.
0: (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Uh, But I remember the first time I watched it. It was, like, impactful. It was important to my life. Now, I rewatched it really recently for the first time as an adult. And this was before I watched it again for this. It was not the movie I thought it was. Yeah. (laughs) huh, at all. But then I watched it for this particular podcast and I realized that "Mm, there are some bits of that movie still in there. But I think what happened was I held this movie at a very high standard Yeah, Yeah. and then watched it and it tanked for me. And then the third watch I got a better, more well rounded view of the movie. So I'm glad to hear that I'm not the only one who like had watched it as a teenager and then not watched it for a long time. Oh, yeah. We'll have some some comparable notes, I think.
2: Well, so my whole thing was that I don't I didn't remember it very much. I just remember the fact that I had watched it and that uh my friend Jesse was like way more into it than I was. Then you know, watching it again, I was like, oh, I think I know why I didn't care for this. It's a little melodramatic for me. Like, I feel like if they had focused on, like, one or two of the issues that happen in this, I would have thought it was phenomenal. But because they wanted to do everything, it just feels like you're... It feels very like yeah like I didn't grow up watching DeGrassi and I know a lot of people did and like so I that that was never something that appealed to me. Looking at it now, uh, I was like, okay, that's probably why I really don't remember this. Is that like it didn't have much of a, a sway because it was a little too out there for me,
0: you know? It's got a lot going on. It's jam packed with teenage Absolutely. issues. Absolutely. Jam-packed. Yeah. So I guess we should we should hop into a synopsis and then we can Sure. Um real quick my history
1: with this is I saw it late um it was probably early 2000s when I saw it like 2 probably closer to girl interrupted time.
0: That probably hit different.
1: Um yeah, uh, and uh, it was on like super cuz I don't sleep, I never really slept. It was on like super late at night on Showtime or something to that effect Uh, and I was like oh like I like Angelina Jolie you know Um, I was like you know I'll I'll check this out it's an early Angelina Jolie film and I watched it and I was like oh wow like I was like it's really like Uh, you know, like Swinging for the Fences, a lot. You mentioned it came out in in 96. So, like, it was the height of feminism as girl power, the girl power movement, which is a lot Mm. poppier and more, you know, accessible to people than, like, this kind of, you know, female solidarity is. Yeah. Uh, So I was like, oh, this is, you know, like, it felt like a more recent film when I watched it. Like, I was like, oh, this doesn't seem like this is, should this should be from like almost 10 years ago or whatever it feels like something that would have come out like around like girl interrupted like that kind of thing um not what i was expecting at all like i so i don't remember what how it was phrased or whatever in the synopsis but i expected them all to be like i'm the poet like i'm the angry one i'm the this one and it kind of is that but they're they're more like it's a little heavier than that you know
2: oh yeah yeah like, I think it starts with you thinking that you can put everybody in a box, and then we do actually get a lot of character development from most of our girls.
1: Yeah, and well, and also everything is a little bit, like, grimier and dirtier and yeah. stuff than you expect. Like, watching it now, um, I thought that, like, Goldie, which, I mean, we'll get there, but I thought Goldie was like, oh, I was like, oh, I don't remember this. I was like, is she, like, anorexic? Is that, you know... And then it's like, oh, no, no, she has a drug problem. And I was like, oh, fuck, yeah, yeah. that's right. Like that's And not way... just, like, a
2: little bit of a drug problem. Oh, yeah, like, no. she's doing heroin she's... under a bridge.
1: Yeah, she has yeah. a red hot chili peppers after school special problem.
0: Stop.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I don't make the rules, guys.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't ever want to feel like I'm in Foxfire. <laughs>
0: i mean i don't know that that's true but we'll get to that later
1: oh yeah no i definitely want to have some of these adventures like i definitely want to do something and then go back to our fucking like awesome you know it's like better than the fucking house and fucking fight club like it's this nice abandoned house that's just like a little dirty and there's like leaves in it but like it's not collapsing all around you and for some reason it has all the candles in north america and it
2: doesn't leak when it rains no
1: it's like a real house it just doesn't have shit in it
2: yeah
0: and
1: you can hang out and you can all do your little stick and pokes and like i definitely wanted Drink that a experience bunch
0: of tequila. this movie made me think that's what being a teenager was supposed to be like i was sure of it i was like that's what being a teenager is it's like you like hang out in a house in the woods with a bunch of candles and like dance and get drunk and like give each other tattoos and steal cars and shit that's what i thought And I was wildly disappointed by what real teenage life was.
1: I mean, I definitely know some people who that was their teenage experience. I had a friend, I had a friend who we were supposed to meet up at a concert on the 4th of July under I-95, and when she didn't show, we were all like, oh, you know, she's kind of flaky, does her own thing, you know, follows the beat of her own drummer, and whatever, and didn't worry about it. And the next time we saw her, she was like, oh, I was there, I got there early, and I ended up having sex on top of a train, and the train left the station. (laughs) And we were like, where the fuck did you go? And she was like, New Jersey.
0: What? Yeah. That to happened. be clear, I have wild teenage stories. Sure. But I think the whole thing is I was missing the house. Yeah. I needed the house. Yeah, oh, yeah. I was going to say, you had all these
2: wild teenage stories, but they never involved fucking your way to New Jersey? Well, that never happened. Well,
1: <laughs> I don't think that ever happened. <laughs> oh, the bell. Um... <laughs> Welcome back. No,
0: but... <laughs> ah, you know what? Speaking of welcome back... He's gonna
2: spit that shit oh, everywhere.
1: He's oh, right, so... spit this expired coffee drink everywhere.
2: Hunter, we don't have a backup mic.
1: I know, I should get the computer a fucking Gallagher smock. God. Um, you chose this one. This was your suggestion, Tina.
0: I did. Why? Well, so... This used to be one of my favorite movies as a teenager, probably preteen or however old I was in 96. We won't talk about it. Many, many years had gone by before I watched it again. And then I had found out that Michael, uh, my boyfriend, had not seen it. And I was like, how have you not seen it? Like, it's incredible. It's, It's necessary watching. Yeah. Required watching for the 90s. And I was like, I don't know how you've never seen it. It, like, changed my life. So we put it on. And I realized while watching it through an adult's eyes with another adult that it wasn't the movie I thought it was. <laughs> um, and I was like, wow, I feel like I should really discuss this on the podcast because there's a lot to unpack here. And it makes for good hate watch, great watch fodder.
1: Uh, It does. So
0: yeah, here we are.
1: So yes, uh, based on a, loosely based on a Joyce Carol Oates, um, like every time I, I usually see a movie or something that's based on her work and I'm always like, oh, this was really good. I think I might like her. Um, mm. And this, I mean, I can see things in this that I might like, but like this is a very melodramatic movie, <laughs> like to a crazy degree, um, like a Degrassi degree.
0: Yes. I... Like the
1: degree you get to from graduating Degrassi is what I mean.
0: <laughs> you know what? I I agree with that, and I disagree with that at okay. the same time. Sure. We'll get there. Okay. Okay. But I think that there are some things that just never really come to fruition. They set up all this drama, and it just doesn't go anywhere.
1: There's a lot of very dramatic wallpaper.
0: Yeah, and then a lot of things they just run with. And I'm like, whoa! I didn't know we were going there. I didn't... Yeah. Logistically, that seems like an odd choice.
1: I forgot entirely about the gun in this movie. <laughs>
0: Oh, boy, yeah. Things (laughs) escalate quickly. And to a level that seems absurd. But that's part of the fun.
1: Yeah, it is. So do you want to give a brief summation of the film?
0: I'll do my best. Here we go. All right. The story uh, is about a group of girls who encounter a mysterious stranger, Angelina Jolie. um, And they have been abused by their high school teacher and Angelina Jolie empowers them to fight back against the teacher and also empowers them to fight back against men in general and the patriarchy. Hell yeah. Yeah. Like fuck. Yeah. All about that. But, uh, everything she, she basically incites riots is what she does. Uh, she creates chaos and incites riots. Maddie, is essentially uh, one of the more main characters of of this group. And Angelina Jolie and Maddie have um, a very interesting relationship that doesn't actually go anywhere.
2: (laughs) I think it might be the 90s thing where it's like, I mean, like, maybe they're lesbians, but also we're not going to tell you. Like that kind of like um, very coy way of presenting that where you can have a read, but... They don't they don't tell you out and out what's happening.
0: It's largely a coming of age story. That's the whole that's the whole point. Yeah. And so in part of that coming of age, there are some things that never actually come to fruition. That's normal, I guess. But this is basically just about a group of girls who turn into essentially a girl gang. They, they're they all different kinds of misfits, and they form this bond over being abused, and Angelina Jolie is the one who brought them together. And it's the story of how all of that plays out, uh, how they meet her, how they riot against uh, the school and the teacher and the uh, captain of the football team and, like, whoever else.
1: Yeah, and the notion of, like, kind of small-town conformity and... That kind yeah. of thing as well.
0: Angelina Jolie kind of blows into their life and blows right back out and creates this tornado in the yeah. process.
1: So I have a theory about this movie that I guess I'll save till the end, um, oh, no, which is very... I was very... going
2: to do mine after we finished our, okay. our sketch, so I was wondering if we could do our theories together, because I want to see if your theories like my theory. Okay,
1: all right, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but that has mine has to do with Angelina Jolie's, uh, you know, mercurial nature and blowing into town and then leaving mm-hmm. a trail of destruction in her wake. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> look at look yeah. fine too while doing it. Um,
0: yep. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was,
1: I mean, like it's no surprise to anybody that Angelina Jolie is like good looking, right? Like that's not
0: right. But this is different.
1: Yeah, like, she's, different. she's, yeah. yeah.
2: It, it was the year after Hackers, so we're just in that, like, prime, like, young Angelina Jolie. Yeah. I think it was the year after Hackers and, like, a year or two before Girl Interrupted.
1: She was, like, it, right in danger of getting typecast as, like, beautiful, troublesome youth that blows into a group of people and leaves destruction in her wake. Yeah. Because that is basically also the one-sentence summation of Hackers.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the thing, though... Is, Future episode, um, by the way.
2: Oh God, I love hackers. <laughs>
0: yeah, so did I. Hackers the planet. <laughs> yeah, yo, Matthew Lillard has not aged well, but that's a side note for later. Matthew uh, Lillard has
1: aged fine. His tongue looks the same in every movie. Agree. And you can see it in every single movie. Agreed. It is his co-star, yeah. like Ewan McGregor, his, and his cock, and his
0: penis. Yes. <laughs> that was exactly what i was gonna say i I like that i like that combination much better oh they're both good (laughs) listen they'll both get you there Um, (laughs) anyway you're gonna have to cut that synopsis into pieces because i don't know what i just said to you Uh, (laughs) that was pretty good i don't think so um but it's it's kind of hard to create a synopsis about this because there is so much that happens. Some of it actually goes somewhere, and some of it kind of just comes to a halt.
1: Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. if you if you try to, you know, I think about things in like terms of like arcs, character arc, story arc, and like there is no big story in this. There's no, you know, like no, if you, a, it's if, a
2: series of escapades that they yeah. go on, and it's somewhat increasing.
1: Yeah, because the main arc is an emotional arc.
2: Yeah, um, yeah.
1: it's it is about how these girls become women like that's that's what it is is how they become you know young women and like are set on the path to like being their own people and being actual like actualized people and if that's all you know the the inciting incident for that change is Angelina Jolie, who is uh, Legs. She plays Legs, which is a name Mm. usually reserved for mobsters. Um, So that's cool. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But she rolls into town as Legs, and she is all, like, boots and black jeans and a leather jacket and that very fashionable bowl cut that, like everybody in the hives had for a minute
0: it's real winona Ryder.
1: it is and like she looks great and she's you know she's a badass and she's threatening to fucking stab people and she's setting frogs free like it was awesome um (laughs) right and yeah she uh maybe makes uh maddie have a sexual awakening and she definitely empowers you know the others to take the reins of their life at this you know it's a pivotal young adult time of their lives when they're trying to figure out who they are and she's letting them know like this is when you get to pick who you are like don't don't let shitty stepfathers you know control who you are don't let this don't let that like be who you want to be so i mean that's the arc but like there's no there's not a bad guy there's you know a series of like mini bosses kind of because like the biggest nemesis is like life and you know the
0: patriarchy yeah having
1: to grow into the world like but, yeah, there's not one big bad guy. Like, it's weird, because, like, the no. third act is spent with, like, a third-tier character's father as the bad
0: guy. Right. I don't... I yeah, mean, I... I mean, the bad guys kind of um, progress. Like, the, we move from one to the next. Yeah. And so it is kind of like little mini-boss mini, mo- mini boss battles. But yeah. But yeah. what, what you said is interesting... Because that's why I said we could actually argue that Maddie is the main character of this, even though Legs is portrayed as the main character. Because I almost feel like Legs is like metaphorical. Like, obviously she exists in this in this story, but like Legs sort of symbolizes the awakening of their own womanhood.
1: Yeah, Legs is like uh, hormones given form, and so like
0: that's right.
2: that's kind of my read. Is, oh yeah. Um, yeah, like, you know that, like, thought experiment thing of, like, uh, watching Ferris Bueller's day off and uh, he doesn't exist. He's, it's all in Cameron's uh, yeah, head. Yeah, it's all in Cameron's head. I'm mm-hmm. like, I think you can do that with this movie. And it surprisingly works Sure. in a lot of scenes, including um, when they're on the roof together and Maddie first tells her, like, I love you. I love that and- scene. And Angelina An- Jolie scene. is in shadow. And Uh Maddie's the one.
0: The colors that are beautiful. Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. It's all, like, really deep blues. Um... Yeah, it's
1: all blues Mm -hmm. and this like, really uh, fiery orange. It looks like a fucking Maxfield Parish, like, skyline. Like, it's great.
0: Well, what's interesting, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, (laughs) Um, but as far as color goes, um, their colors shift. Maddie starts off as, like, red hued. And uh, Legs is in shadow. And then she turns blue. And then as she goes to hug Maddie, Maddie turns blue. Um, So the colors shift a lot in that. Yeah. Um, And the colors match their their feelings in the moment. And it's actually the most beautiful and well thought out scene in the movie as far as I'm concerned, so I'm sure. glad you brought it up. Oh, no, definitely. Yeah,
1: it's it's a wonderful scene.
0: But yeah,
2: as as far as like, you know, um me cherry picking information for my <laughs> perspective. Um, right. <laughs> Angelina Jolie's never in the light in that scene. And so it's almost like if you're thinking of her as like an avatar or an entity as part of Maddie's um personality, then Maddie's the only one that's ever, like, real in the space, and Angelina's mm. just in the shadows the whole time. Oh, another one, too. And again, like, it's not a one-to-one thing. I mean, she's definitely supposed to actually be a character in this. It's not like I cracked it. A human. Yeah, she's <laughs> yeah. a human
1: that exists. Right, because yeah. other people outside of the girls interact with her. Right.
2: But yeah, when they're in the car and she and and Angelina Jolie's got a gun on the dad and Maddie's driving, the dad isn't trying to argue with Angelina Jolie. He's trying to tell Maddie to pull over the car, right? right. Which usually you'd think your your strategy would be to like ask the one with the gun to maybe not do that. But I, I think. I mean,
1: in the reality of it, I think it's because he because Angelina Jolie is a fucking wild card. She's the Charlie Kelly of this outfit, Um, and Maddie Maddie is a known. He
2: can influence. Yeah, Yeah.
1: Maddie's a known commodity, at least somewhat. Oh, you're friends with my daughter. Whereas this, you know, androgynous maniac holding a gun on me, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Well, also, just to to kind of um, be clear about that scene, Maddie is the one trying to talk legs off the ledge there when before they get in the car. Yeah. Where, like, oh, yeah. Legs reaches for the gun and Maddie's like, whoa, what are you doing? Yeah, like, hold on, wait a minute. Let's not bring
1: man. a gun into the third act of this movie.
0: Yeah. Right. <laughs> and Legs keeps pushing and pushing and pushing. So I think the father thought, the only person I can reason with here is the person who thought they shouldn't pull a gun. Right, the, the um, other
1: person that doesn't want a gun here.
0: Yeah. But I I, I still, I agree with your take on it. I, that's the way I see it. Is I feel like Legs is um, a character that stands for She's she's in play. She is a physical character, but she's a physical embodiment of, I think, growing up and um, rebellion, rebellion, and also finding your own womanhood and owning it. And what does that mean for you sexually? How do you own your body? Who has right over your body? So I think a lot of that legs comes in and teaches them all these things. But I think she's symbolic. Uh, Even though she does actually exist, I think that you could make a very good argument that her character is just what is bringing them into their own adulthood.
2: Although then, isn't that just another form of objectification? Having her be, like, a symbol of all of these, like, you know rejection of uh, male hierarchy and you know knowing your own power and deciding your own voice and stuff aside from the rooftop scene we're not given a lot of scenes where they're really bonding in an interpersonal kind of way it's more like oh we're finally doing these things that we always dreamed about doing together and they do
1: a lot of bonding through crime
2: yeah and it, it doesn't necessarily feel like the the Like, you see them, like, all getting drunk and dancing together, but it's not like when you and your friends in college get a bottle of wine and talk about, like, your feelings until the sun comes up, you know? So I'm just kind of wondering at what point we're we're seeing that, like, they're actually connecting on a human level and not connecting on, like, how she makes me feel because that's, again, just another objectification at that
0: point. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think I don't see it as an objectification. I see it as... Women have been always sort of under the thumb of society and what is appropriate, what is not appropriate, according to society. And what our patriarchal society says is acceptable and not acceptable. And so when you have a woman, a female character coming in and showing you that you can rebel against that, that I think is an awakening. Really, they probably would have come to that on their own. But Legs is the... the the one who starts the fire she's the one that shows up and and shows them that they don't have to abide by these rules they don't have to accept abuse they don't have to be in these situations so while i'm not seeing her as an object so much i'm seeing her more as like it's almost like a fable or an allegory she she comes in and teaches a lesson
1: so that ties into my theory if you would like to hear my theory i would there is a read of this movie where she is uh, a fae, a fairy, uh, you know, like oh, in the so
2: she's a supernatural entity as opposed to being a, a pers- metaphorical, uh, like, yeah, or like a, a as, um, an alternate personality, right? She's a yeah, she's a, she's
1: a fae in the like Shakespearean, you know, model of yeah,
2: they're Queen from Mab or something, yeah, they're I from
1: a you know a parallel world and you know the magical world, blah blah. When she says, you know uh Maddie, I think, is talking to her and is like, oh, where do you go to school? And she's like, I don't. And she's like, well, why not? And she's like, I got kicked out for thinking for myself. And it's like that like, oh, not, you know, not following what you're supposed to think and what you're supposed to do is very it's a very um, common trope in fairy tales fables things like that Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. she's androgynous everybody you know either like loves or fears or both her you know she brings these like foreign traditions to this group you know there's a there's a read of this and then she then she's gone into the night like
0: i I don't think it's a bad read actually i mean it sounds a little crazy but it's not a bad read
1: that's gonna be on my fucking tombstone sounds a little crazy but it makes a little (laughs) bit of sense too. think about it
0: (laughs) <laughs> right. Legs is not a sustainable character. Yeah. No, and when I say that, we I mean-
1: probably all, you, and everybody listening to this, probably knows somebody kind of like Legs, you know?
0: Right. Like, you can't be like that all the time. You can't always be rebelling and on the run and in and out of people's lives. And like,
1: drifting across the U.S. Yeah. Right, like, but
0: you could try, but that's not sustainable. So she kind of just breezes in and breezes out and creates sustainable power for these girls. And so in that way, she is sort of superhuman. She's beyond what is, what what actual women or people are capable of being all the time. Uh, But she does create a fantasy life. She she asks Maddie if she wants to go with her. Can you do this? And Maddie, you know, knows she can't. Nobody can. It's crazy.
1: Right, because she has to leave the earthly plane and go to the magical plane (laughs) where if you've read, you know, if you've read these books, humans can't live we can't we can't we're not sustainable there
0: <laughs> right oh, so man. unless they get um, you as
1: a baby and then you grow up there it's it's kind of like uh uh what is it robert Heinlein, stranger in a strange land it's kind of ah, like that where he, he was grew up uh, on
2: mars yeah
1: so he could stand the martian pressure and weather and all that shit uh whereas rocks
2: things right
1: whereas if he was an adult and went there he wouldn't have been able to breathe or walk or anything whatever it's kind of like that if they oh. get you as a baby you can grow up in you know the the fey world and you'll become accustomed to it
2: also psa for stranger in a strange land man if you're it's listening to this and you haven't read it jesus like it's it's really good
1: um so is there anything in the yeah. first like third of the movie that we want to talk about like you know introductions and basically up to right around when they steal the car
0: I, I think mean, a lot happened yeah. yeah that's what i mean
1: there's a ton of stuff but i mean like yeah. that's what i we, we should sort of you know figure out what we want to hit on
2: i mean i think an important thing is that it kind of starts with maddie doing photo shoots with her boyfriend but then also uh oh. she's got a long oh like hey,
0: there's a dick shot there yeah yeah, oh, yeah.
1: so it's peter facinelli yeah. perennial 1990s boyfriend
0: <laughs> can't hardly wait yep. yeah
1: and a ton yep. of stuff and now he's on the flash or yeah i think he's on the is flash he? Yeah, he plays, like, a bad guy, like, um, mm. I don't remember what the character is. I, you know, I like him as an actor, but, dude, he was every fucking boyfriend from, like, 1994 to, like, 2004. Like, a, a whole decade was yeah. just him as somebody's boyfriend in every movie. Eh. It's good work, if usually, you can get it.
0: Guys gotta eat. Yeah, usually not a very good one, although I actually think he's a decent boyfriend in this one. He yeah. tries. Yeah. He really genuinely tries.
1: He is, like, think... as, uh, as, um, what's his putz would say, uh... Dan Savage. He would. He's G He's good giving and game. He's like, you want me to get naked in the woods so you can take photos of me? Sure oh yeah you know he's like hey yeah. we were supposed to hang out i'm just leaving you a message and when you finally pick up you know I'll like hey what the hell what
0: have you been doing you've been blowing me off right well also he's like i heard you beat up a teacher could we talk about it yeah. Like, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah what happened which is a reasonable response
0: yeah he does get a little weird when she like gets tattooed he's like what is this yeah like, it's, it's very like nine, you did
1: eight, that to eight. my body that i own that you actually inhabit well, yeah everybody
2: right. gets shit for that though yeah which is weird, because, like, it was the star of the generation that, like, stopped caring about tattoos.
0: Hmm, not true. So I have to tell you that when I got my first tattoo, ooh, I'm going to age myself today. Uh, so... It
1: was of I... the band Lit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's, a,
1: it's a giant tramp stamp that says, my own worst enemy. <laughs>
0: I didn't think you knew anything about that, but when I got my first tattoo, the tattoo artist made a big point about, like, the size of it. And, you know, Uh women don't traditionally get large tattoos, and are you sure that you want to get this large of a tattoo? It was a conversation that was had when I went to go get tattooed for the first time. And that was, like, um, 2004, 2005? Wow. So
2: surprising to me that that was that late.
0: Well, and... I didn't know any women with tattoos. None. Really? At the time that I got tattooed. No one. Um, And it was unusual to see women tattooed, Hmm. even up until that point.
1: Yeah, now that you say that, I'm trying to to think... think about it. Yeah, I'm trying to think about, like if I around like around that time knew anybody that had tattoos that wasn't like a peer. Right. Like, cause I knew a couple of friends who had like, uh, like yeah. little tattoos here or there or whatever. But like, I didn't know any adults like my mom, as far as I know. And my aunt, you know, none of them have any tattoos. Like nobody in my immediate sphere, I think has any tattoos.
0: I didn't know any women in particular that right. had tattoos. So for women to be tattooed in 1996 was sort of a thing. Yeah. It was kind of a big deal. Um, the other interesting part of that, though, is all these people making a big deal about what women are doing with their bodies. Right, with their indeed. own bodies, yeah.
2: That's the bigger point of it, yeah. Right,
0: yeah. So that kind of fits in with the whole, like, women empowerment and the world being against them. Yeah, this, That dynamic.
1: That tattoo thing as, like, a sign of, you know, like, she she... You know, they do this whole thing, and then she says, like, this is all, never forget this night. And then she does the self-tattoo thing. That is what I was alluding to in my, uh, you know, my theory thing about, like, these foreign traditions. Because it's, you know. Oh,
2: because it's something that's not in their world right. that, uh, that uh, yeah, that she's kind of bringing into their view. Yeah. Okay, yeah.
1: Yeah, like, I mean, theoretically, tattoos exist in this world. It's not, like.
2: no. But, but I mean, well and that's the thing she too, shows is,
1: up with her little kit and does like, it herself and then does, you know, each e- of them and, even
2: taking like a big like sociological historical perspective, a lot of other cultures that are not American cultures use tattoos as a way of like marking yeah. important, you know, chapters of somebody's life right. or storytelling or whatever.
1: Right, which and, is how it became a, a US naval thing is because yeah. they picked it up and, in other and areas. And prisons
2: also yeah. somewhat and also that's where it's socially viewed as undesirable for so long is that it was yeah. people that were considered to be like uh uncultured right. or uh prisoners yeah. and
1: the nation's heroes. <laughs>
2: On, I, I always
1: thought that was really weird that it was like, oh, you don't want to get a tattoo and be like a sailor. And I was like, aren't they in the Navy? Don't we like love, 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 love the military? Like, well, what's the.
2: We do, but we don't entirely respect them. You hear curse like a sailor and you hear. Um, the I pop, do. The I got, hear cursing
1: like a sailor every day.
2: And you hear like uh, the, you know, there's a lot of like. Um,
1: yeah, I know. They service, got chlamydia. Servicemen and...
2: getting VD. Yeah. Know, yeah. Was a problem. <laughs> and I mean, now our, our, our grandparents are doing it. Um, getting vd yes chlamydia is a big problem
1: <laughs> i guess i have to talk to my grandparents
0: i mean listen good for them but wrap it up yo
2: yeah it's it's a lot of young people but also a lot of old people are having um problems with sexually transmitted diseases so wear your condoms
0: everybody. how how do we get here i don't allison <laughs> we
1: took the allison expressway <laughs> She's like a really cheery Debbie Downer where whatever you're talking about, she's like, hey, I have a vaguely horrifying factoid about that. And I'm just over here like,
2: did you know your grandparents yeah. fuck?
1: No, no, that's fine. I mean, I've that's literally fine. never had a problem thinking about my grandparents fuck, my parents fuck. Like, it never bothered me. It's like, of course they fuck. They're human fucking beings. Anybody beyond like the age human of 10? fucking
0: being.
1: Yeah. Anybody beyond the age of like 10 who's like, I don't want to think about that. It's like, what are you, a fucking baby? Get over it. You literally wouldn't have been a fucking baby if your parents weren't actually fucking baby. Like, stop it. Oh, the coffee's kicking in. Yeah, wow.
2: <laughs> you old so... sailor.
1: <clears throat> Should I have a second one?
0: Yes. <laughs> I would advise against it, actually, but...
1: Yeah, my heart Here is going to leap out of my throat and it will finish the podcast on my behalf.
0: You won't do it. Let's see.
2: Hand me one. <laughs> oh my god, no. So, um... We <laughs> so, anyway ding ding uh we were talking about the star of the movie and um maddie's got a lot of really uh like she has this long intro where she's going through like her high school and taking photos and stuff but she also has like a really solipsistic worldview where she's basically saying about how like other people don't really matter and they're not even really real and so she just uses them for her art and stuff yeah and like yeah
0: has like such a it's so teen angst. It's yes. Yes. It just Yeah, she's
1: so over her town, you know, wherever this town is, that she just views everybody in it as disposable. part of the town, is just yeah. the town as an entity. Yeah. And she's the only, yeah, exactly. You said yeah, sloth She's the only real one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, she is incapable of seeing them as, like, people yet. But that's why she has no problem taking photos of them, you know, like, she takes a... I, I don't have, I don't think, anybody's character names. Um it's Goldie. No, um, no, no. I was going to say Rita. She takes a photo of Rita, like, you know, stuffing a donut in her face. And she takes a photo of Goldie, like, passed out in the toilet stall. Like, you don't realize they're going to be your, you know... Your second, yeah, yeah, your second tier main characters, but they are. Um, but she has no problem with that. And then, you know, then fucking... Boy, this is, like, the most beta... Fucking like school bullies, ever you could ever cast Dash My Hawk and fucking Elden Ring. I was Housen. just like,
0: <laughs> like Ben
1: Bolio over there. Like, what the absolute fuck? Like, where were all the like imposing men? <laughs> like, I'm sure Dash Myhawk could kick my ass, like, even now, but, like, he doesn't come across as, like, a real threat on screen at all. He's got a no, big, goofy, doughboy face.
0: Well, and he always looks like the good guy. Like, he actually, he doesn't look like the guy they want him to be. Yeah, honestly. He kind of looks like like the big brother. He doesn't ever...
1: He has a real bad, like, 90s kind of Caesar haircut in this, which doesn't make anybody yeah. look threatening.
0: No. But I think also um Romeo and Juliet, the Boz Luhrmann version, yeah. he's in that and he basically plays the big brother to Romeo. I mean he's not his brother, but like that's the role of Ben Romeo is he's like yeah, his brotherly character. Yeah, and he's so I out think for him. Right. And I think that's why I can't see him any other way. He just become typecast to me. Yeah, and Mm
1: -hmm. he he also plays a lot of, like, not the main character and not the second guy, but, like, third-tier dude who is, like, who has their back. Yeah. Like, he's always that guy.
0: There's a lot of people in this like that. Like, Jenny Lewis.
1: Jenny Lewis? Mm Mm-hmm. Hot off her appearance in Fred Savage slash uh, fucking Mario Brothers 3 vehicle, The Wizard. (laughs) That's true. That's That's a true statement.
0: Yep. I don't think I knew that. Also, the character who plays Goldie, whose name uh, Jenny, uh, I don't want to miss, I don't want to mispronounce it. Uh, Shimizu, I, I think like it might sh- be. Looks
1: like Shimizu, Shimizu. Yeah.
0: Yeah. If that's wrong, Jenny, and you happen to be listening, please write us. Yeah. She um did a lot of modeling in the '90s, and I think she still does. Um,
1: oh, I can see. But
0: that. But she and Angelina Jolie are rumored to have had an affair during the filming of. which is interesting because she was married to, uh, Johnny. What's his name from hackers.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah.
0: Johnny
2: Lee Miller,
1: Johnny Lee, Johnny
0: Lee Miller. There we go. One of them. They're Johnny's. Is it Johnny five? Assassinated somebody. Uh, anyway, (laughs) (laughs) um, she, now Angelina Jolie admits that if she weren't married to Johnny, she would have been with Jenny because she thought that Jenny could have been the love of her life. Wow. But there's a lot of rumors from people who were on set that they did in fact have an affair while the filming of this happened.
1: Boy, I thought, I thought Johnny Lee Miller to Billy Bob Thornton was a weird uh, arc, but Johnny Lee Miller to maybe Jenny Shimizu to Billy Bob Thornton is an even weirder arc. Indeed.
3: Yeah.
0: And you know, you could put this uh, on your Instagram when you post this, but there's lots of pictures of Angelina Jolie and Jenny Shimizu together. Oh, yeah. Uh that very coupley, yeah. Wasn't so uh, maybe
1: I'm remembering this incorrectly or whatever, but wasn't um, Angelina Jolie like weirdly affectionate with her cousin at a bunch of like premiere things or something and people Her sp- brother. Oh, was it her brother? It
0: huh. was her brother.
1: And people were like, "Hey, what the hell's going on there?"
0: Yeah, it <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you. It's suspect. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like to think about it. I like to pretend like it didn't happen. Cause
1: it's, it's Game of Thrones, but Jon Voight is Robert Baratheon.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it was suspect for sure. I mean, I feel uh, like a lot of Angelia
2: Jolie's like dating life was like create a lot of rumors and everything because. I mean, it's very bombastic. I know everybody talked about, and I mean, this is true, but like her and Billy Bob Thornton having vials of each other's blood on them and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's because
1: they were both lunatics. Yeah, I know. I know. And they also like to fuck with the press. So there were a lot of like weird fake stories. Like they only ate orange food, is one that I remember.
0: (laughs) Which is just. They both would be very orange, (laughs) by the way, if that was
1: the case. It's just a thing Billy Bob Thornton said because he was bored of talking to the press. So he's like, yeah, whatever. (laughs) Which I was like. That's something I would do.
0: <laughs> oh, easily. I mean, God, you know, there's a lot of things that Angelina Jolie does that I don't understand, but I think when you are that level of beautiful, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. Oh
1: yeah. I mean, honestly, you know, it's none of my business. You want to fuck your brother. That's, that's on you. You want to, you know, you want to date Billy Bob Thornton. Cool. It's just a weird arc.
0: Big dick energy.
1: Yeah, I guess. I mean, honestly, I assume that's what people think when they look at, like, Allison and I, and they're like, are they together? Uh, Are they together, or is he, like, her indentured troll servant? Whatever. Did she break some kind of curse and free him from maybe a, you know, an enchanted uh, chamber pot or something?
0: Is that how you know so much about Fae?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I do a lot of dealings with the magical world, you know.
2: I don't think we look that mismatched. (laughs) I think we do. Okay.
1: <laughs> You're usually very, like, put together and blah, blah, blah. And then I'm over here like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, baby, we're going to move out to the desert and we're going to live there forever because nobody can kill you when they don't know where you live, baby. That's right. You're
0: just like, okay. <laughs> okay, dear. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back. Oh, I have one more piece of trivia, Foxfire Trivia. Okay. And it's trivia that only I know or care about. Although, great. like, maybe somebody like like Smalls will care. Smalls. <laughs> Hi, Smalls. Hi, Smalls. So, the director of this film, whose name I can't remember. It's
2: Annette Haywood Carter. All right, fine. Uh, anyway.
1: <laughs> All right, fine. Yeah, that's your name? Uh, Good, great.
2: <laughs> I, I write that Whoa. down for every movie. This is also rated R.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is rated huh. R. Well, yeah. there are tits.
1: And, S- and a gunshot and
0: lots of f bombs and that and mattered that guy's days, ass in the front
2: and yeah and, his and
1: ass in the front
2: his no his ass in the beginning his of the ass movie. oh the my front? god Peter Facinelli. Peter Facinelli and yeah. his front ass I, I have I have my very first note is <laughs> photography in parentheses this guy's ass
1: did you not <laughs> yeah, write we're... down and his hog because you definitely also see his hog. <laughs>
2: I might have missed the hog writing about the ass. Maddie
1: was definitely on a hog hunt in the woods that Please day. Don't call it a hog.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I can see. It's ass in the front, hog in the back, I guess. <laughs> I can't. No, I'm so upset. <laughs> oh, shit.
1: Hmm. All right.
2: <laughs>
1: hey, guys, did we even so- introduce ourselves? <laughs>
2: No, we didn't we've been doing this for so long
1: yeah like here's the thing i could always go back and drop this in the beginning but i'm not gonna we're gonna be 50 <laughs> minutes in or whatever it's gonna be like hello excellent humans <laughs> welcome to another hate watch great watch i'm peter facinelli's hog
3: oh my god
1: <laughs> i'm i'm sorry i'm hunter bush and i oh with god. me as always
2: i'm allison <laughs>
1: And our guest today.
0: <laughs>
1: I'm Tina, and I'm very upset. <laughs> hey, man! This is this is unprecedented times. This is our first remote recording episode. Oh like, my god! We, had we are so many things We are figuring it out.
0: And <laughs> listen, yeah, I didn't god. even. My fun fact isn't even fun anymore. No, it's good. Let's do it. What's a what's yeah. fun fact? What's fact fun? it up. Yeah. Wait. Yes. Yeah. Director. So the director yeah. of this also directed an episode of Sequest 2032. Yes. Oh, wait, really? Yes, she did. I do not yes, know Yes, she that. did. Yeah. Okay. And um, I, who had just been coming out of my Jonathan Brandis phase at the time that I had watched Foxfire...
1: Right. I was very impressed right. by all this. Mm-hmm. Have we had you talk about your Jonathan Brandis thing on the podcast before?
0: Not publicly, no. <laughs> but I am gifting you some Jonathan Brandis movie posters, That's so true. I guess we should. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So, fun Tina fact. Before I was the resident Mark Wahlberg expert, I was the resident Jonathan Brandis expert.
1: For all of North America, if not the world. It,
0: oh my the world. The world is more accurate. <laughs> um, I'm not bragging, but I started a Jonathan Brandis fan site in like, I don't know, 1993 or something. Is that right? Anyway, so I started this fan site. It started off as like a message board um, and then it turned into an actual website, but I started it with a girl named Karen. From the Netherlands, who I had never met, but we had met on like a Jonathan Brandis fan board, and we created our own, and it became the number one Jonathan Brandis like source on all of the internet. Uh, When he died, it got like mentioned in a bunch of like news articles and stuff. Holy
2: shit. And I
0: have. Uh, you know what? I'll give you a picture of it for the Instagram. Thank you. Um, I have a car that was sent to me from his parents when he died. Oh, my God. Um, wow. I don't think we ever talked about this. That's really crazy.
1: Is that not like wow. wonderful and wild? The internet is an amazing place. Oh,
2: it is. It definitely is. Yeah,
0: so I don't know whatever happened to Karen. Karen, if you're listening, let's talk. Hello, Karen from uh, the Netherlands. But, yeah, I, I mean, I like had a huge fan page for him, like huge. It had every picture and every article and every tidbit and factoid. Um, I
1: will, I will say this right now. I will put this on the air. If anybody out there is, you know, running like the world's foremost hate watch, great watch fan page, fan site, (laughs) you will get a card from someone when I die.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'll send it. (laughs) Tina will make sure Uh, it gets sent out. It's just going to get sent to me.
1: She's like, well, a fae cursed him and he turned into a rock, but it was with a whole bunch of other rocks. We didn't feel like figuring out which one he was, so he's essentially dead. We're we're good. Here's your card. He's
0: the one with the flame tattoo on his breast. (laughs)
1: That's right. Um... We're not turning him back. He's happier as a rock. (laughs) (laughs) Take me out to the desert, baby. Turn me into a rock. It's gonna be all right.
0: (laughs) I got a rock. that's my favorite charlie brown yeah the i gotta the rock best. charlie brown
1: it's the best
0: um
2: on a smaller scale uh one of our couple of international listeners is uh, my friend peter from australia who i met on the internet when i was 16 so hi peter
0: from australia Hi, Hello, peter
2: if you're listening you to wanna... this one i know he was pretty selective about the episodes he actually listened to and i'm pretty sure foxfire's not his jam but rude
0: Listen, Peter, (laughs) if you ever want to, like, call in, I'd like to listen to you talk. Oh, man. (laughs) Oh, that'd be wild. Oh, God.
2: Okay. So. Back on track. Yeah.
1: Foxfire is a movie that is 80% climbing. Yes? Oh. (laughs) Um. uh... (laughs) Ah. Before we rewatch this, I couldn't have told you what the actual plot was, which, I mean, we discussed, like, the plot is loose, so that's not really my memory's fault. But if you would ask me, like, hey, what happens in this movie? I'm like, "Um, Angelina Jolie blows into town, and her and this group of girls do a lot of climbing, I think. Because, like, in my memory, this whole movie was basically on the top of bridges for some reason.
0: (laughs) I mean, all of the important stuff happens there.
1: Yeah, there's two key top of the bridge scenes. I mean, it's the same bridge, and it's it's the callback to the original scene. And, like, I get that, but... It, they're very pivotal, memorable moments because they're emotional, like anchor points for the for the narrative. But also, like they're on the roof with that very romantic and like emotionally bare scene that we talked about with the great color scheme. And there's a lot of that. Um, she's yes, climbing actually, in and out of bedroom really... windows like it's fucking Dawson's Creek mm-hmm. over here. Yep. And yeah, yep. So who is our uh, you know our primary cast? We have Angelina Jolie as Legs. We have um, what? Who's, who plays Maddie?
0: Hedy Burris? Yes.
1: Yep. Correct. For some reason, that's the only one I didn't write down, because Rita is Jenny Lewis. Mm -hmm. Goldie is Jenny Shimizu. Yeah. Violet, I also did not write down.
2: It's Sarah Rosenberg.
1: She looked familiar, but I looked at her IMDb, and I don't think I know her from, like, anything else, really. But, yeah, uh, so we were talking about this a minute ago, but maddie is walking through school that's our our introductory thing is maddie rollerblading through school sorry not walking rollerblading because it's the 90s through school taking polaroids of everybody and doing her very solipsistic monologue um the i think principal has my favorite line in the movie and he just goes no bleeding in school (laughs) Mm, yeah (laughs) which made me laugh so hard it's so ridiculous
0: I think it's No Blading in the Halls. Oh, No
1: Blading in the Halls. I wrote it down, but I couldn't yeah. find it on my yeah. notes. My notes are kind of a mess. She's doing narration in the beginning, which kind of, you know, comes and goes. But, like, it's heavier in the beginning, and it kind of picks back up near the end. Yes.
2: yes. But, yeah, like, it bookends. bookends. Yeah. yeah.
1: I think there's, like, one instance of it in the middle of the movie, but, like, I was like, eh. Because I was like, oh, it's based on a novel, so, like, maybe we'll get narration as more of a through line, but it doesn't really go anywhere
0: no you really don't need much of it i don't even know that it was necessary to begin with
1: yeah honestly like having now watched it and i watched like i rewatched the opening i was like oh i forgot about the narration we don't need this yeah she, she takes photos she takes a photo of uh, jenny lewis eating a donut she takes a photo of uh jenny shimizu. jenny shimizu yeah like i said passed out uh in the bathroom stall and Then she, like, pops into, is it biology or whatever class? And the teacher is... uh,
2: Mr. Buttigig or whatever? What is it? Buttigig? No, No, wait, hang on. I have it. Buttinger. 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 Yes.
1: Um, He is uh, getting all creepy on... It's Jenny Lewis again, right?
0: Yes. Okay, so he is sitting too close to Violet at some point. Oh, is it Violet? Okay. Okay. Yeah, Um, that
1: makes sense and she that because she has some line about like most of the time i just try to keep my head down or whatever yeah yeah
0: yeah
1: yeah um and then yeah then we're in biology right that's yes yeah right and they're gonna i almost said execute um they're gonna (laughs) wow i mean yeah yeah true um they're gonna what's the word i'm looking for
2: Dissect. dissect, dissect,
1: yeah, uh, a but frog. I mean,
2: also the frogs don't tend to do well after the fact, so yeah, they're both right.
1: Yeah, and the, the the teacher is saying like, oh, frogs don't feel pain the way we do, and whatever, and I was like, oh boy, the nineties, Jesus.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, and like also, I don't think that that's a common thing to do in um bio anymore but i know that that used to be a big thing it was like that and doing the whole like egg or the flower sack thing representing a child in your health studies or family studies health class or whatever the fuck yeah which um my high school we did do frog dissection but we didn't have very many frogs so it's like you know and then, and I and I also found it kind of crazy that we were actually doing that because it seemed very antiquated even for the time that I was in high school. Right. And then we did none of the pretend whatever is a baby.
1: Why don't we pretend the frog is a baby and not <laughs> cut it open?
0: Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, when I was in high school, we did frog dissection, but it was elective. Yeah. They did it like, if you wanted to do it, it was like an after, it was like an after class thing. And they would assign you a frog, and then you would get, like, extra credit for doing it. But it wasn't required. Yeah, But we did do the egg baby thing.
1: um, I vaguely remember the frog dissection as, like, I don't remember if it was, like, extra credit or if it was just, like, hey, we're going to do it. Um, But, like, earlier in the year, they they were, like, do you – is that something you're interested in or not? Um, because you could opt out of it and, you know, do something else for the same credit, or you could be in the class. And I definitely was like, no, I'm not interested in cutting open a frog, thank you.
0: Well what's even funnier about all of that is like he goes through the whole reason why they di- they're dissecting the frog and it's because they have a similar um
2: circulatory system.
0: circulatory yeah something system to us. So he goes on and on about how like their anatomy or their organs are similar to humans and that's why they dissect them is to like study them. And then says, "Oh, they don't feel pain like we do." And it's like, "Well, which is it?" Right. Then, mm-hmm. I mean, how close are they to us then if they don't feel pain like we do right it's probably
2: the lies we tell ourselves yeah Yeah.
0: right
1: and then uh angelina jolie climbs out of a car in the rain and it's a fucking boots up shot you don't know who Mm -hmm. it is and this this mystery person walks into the school and we saw earlier the school is a metal detector and so they drop their switchblade and then they kick it across the floor through the metal detector so it's under the scanner uh and then the security guard does see this this strange person in the halls and is like young man young man where are you going young man don't walk away from me when i'm talking to you what class should you be in and then they duck into the room and oh it's not a young man it's very very androgynously beautiful angelina jolie the the fey creature from the magic lands
0: she's got like a like a ruby rose thing going on
1: yeah Mm -hmm. and then she just sits there and does she just like looks at (laughs) maddie coyly the whole time
0: uh huh. And <laughs> somehow in all this, picks up on the fact that Buttinger is not only a dick, but that he's abusive. Like, she picks up on this. Nothing actually happened except for Buttinger being a dick to Rita because she doesn't want to dissect the frog.
1: Yeah, he's, I mean, he's, he's badgering her about it. Like, Definitely. she's right. like, I don't think I want to do this. And he's like, Yeah, I have to do it. Ah, ah, ah. And he's like, Well, fine. Then you'll see me in detention. And, um, Angelina Jolie says to Maddie, She's like, What's with detention? And Maddie says something that's, like, noncommittal, but, like, it's not right. It's not a great scene. And Angelina Jolie, like, gets up, picks the frog up gently, and then releases it into the wild, and fucking Buttinger's, like... It's like, "Well, I'll see you too in uh, in detention, young lady." And she's like, "I don't even go here."
0: <laughs> she like climbs out the window and leaves. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of my
2: favorite lines is just "I don't even go here."
1: She delivers it really, really well. She just throws it away and it's really funny. Yeah.
0: You know, I got to give oh, yeah. I got to give credit here. The movie is not particularly well written. A lot of the lines fall flat.
1: But sure. yeah, there's there's some real heavy dialogue.
0: Yeah. But the acting in this
2: Agreed. is actually
0: Phenomenally done.
1: Yeah. I think, actually, all your cast, like all the girls, are yeah, really, great. really good.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The acting's good. I think the cinematography's good. Yeah. I agree. Um, I yeah. think the writing
0: is where it it, it loses you. Yeah, but, it's very
1: yeah. clumsy, a yes. lot of it. A lot of it is, like, too on the
0: nose. Yeah. It feels like what I would have written in my high school screenwriting class and thought it was, like, super edgy. Right. Yeah. You know? Like... Oh, obviously. I'm
1: saying the things yeah. no one else will say.
0: Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. like,
1: yeah, yeah, but there's no artistry to it. You're just literally just saying the things.
2: Right, right. Yep.
1: Yeah, there is, I didn't write down stuff, but I remember like a couple of scenes just kind of like wincing. Like the, well, after this, I think is the bathroom scene, right?
0: Yes. And there's a yeah. couple
1: of real clunkers in that scene too. Absolutely.
0: The, well, the cheerleaders are a nightmare in that scene. Oh yeah. They, yes. they do not fall into my, hey, the acting is great in this. No. Because no. that's not true. No they're terrible
1: they're like stop talking about mr button like because uh uh rita that's uh, uh she's she's saying like yeah he gets too close and he touches my chest and angelina jolie is just like what the fuck now yep uh right and then yeah the one cheerleader is like doing her makeup and um she's like well it's your fault for you know letting him do it to you uh and then violet comes out of a bathroom stall and says like no he does it to me too and she's like you don't count violet you do it with everybody and she's like yeah at least I know what the fuck I'm doing. Um, and yeah, I was just like, boy, it, there's some really... It's real clunky. Yeah. Like, But, I yeah. mean, well, they're also, teenagers, so they're not well, smart.
2: not only that, but, like... <laughs> and so I don't know how much this we're, you know, getting. But I think in one of the false starts that we had, I talked about, like, how I wasn't as into, like, melodramatic teen dramas when I was younger. And I think that's kind of where this fails to grab me here, is mm. that it's just a little too extra all the time and like if you had picked one or two things to really focus on that would have been a lot more impactful for me so this isn't necessarily a bad movie but it might be a bad screenplay it's heavy-handed it's real heavy-handed
0: there's weird things in it like okay this bothers me in this movie and i don't think it bothered me as much when i was younger as it does now but rita is played as like the unattractive fat girl oh yeah But she's neither of those things. No, No. she's
1: Jenny Lewis in a baggy sweater. Jesus fucking Christ.
0: Yeah. Right. Like, they just dress her in huge clothes. Yeah. And so the cheerleader, before she says, well, you shouldn't let him do it to you, she says, well, at least somebody's touching you. And I'm like, that doesn't. That just doesn't check out here. She's not unattractive enough for that joke to have actually landed.
2: Yeah, I didn't realize she was supposed to be overweight. I thought she was just supposed to be extremely conservative. But that's a different <laughs> that's a different read on it that I think really changes how that's supposed to go. Yeah, yeah, like
1: No, no, she's definitely supposed to be like the fat friend.
2: Yeah, I didn't I didn't know that.
1: No, it's just <laughs> it's just baggy slacks.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah well they take that picture of her while she's like eating a sandwich or whatever and oh, she it looks like she's shoving it in her mouth yeah. and then they make a joke about her being fat or something oh, in the grocery yeah. store too i
2: missed um subtext, i don't remember what they so say stupid. but oh my god and if
0: you were to like look up foxfire like google like people talking about it they yeah. all refer to her as the overweight girl yeah and i'm like but that's not she's not overweight no. she's wearing big clothes and it's yeah. very o- obvious that she is right yes.
1: they didn't even try to like ugly her up with like bad makeup or a bad haircut no. or anything like she still fake
2: braces or right, any of that anything. like kinda of, like traditional like frumpy right. girl things. No, yeah. she she yeah. just
1: looks like Jenny Lewis in a baggy sweater and it's just like yeah, still yeah. attractive. I don't you know, it's like she's all that bullshit where it's like, you're totally unfuckable right. and then you take your hair down and it's like you're the most beautiful thing I've ever seen.
0: <laughs> so, no
2: if for you, for you, only, am I right, ladies? Yeah. <laughs>
0: um well the thing is is like She's got a round face because she's young, so she does look a little heavier in this than she normally does, because she is so young. But like, I don't know. if
2: yeah, you put
1: you no, put anybody yeah, no. in Mick Foley's old sweater, they're gonna look a little frumpy. Yeah, yeah,
0: but yeah, like I thought it Did was you see, like see him feeding the squirrels. I'm sorry. Yes, right? it is the oh. best. Anyway, um... Mick Foley
1: is the purest man ever.
0: <laughs> He's on Say Yes to the Dress. He's the best.
1: I really wanted to Photoshop um, Mr. Sacco onto his hand feeding the squirrels.
0: Yeah, you should I
1: really want that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, there are weird things like that. It's it's the teenage movie trope. There's got to be, like, an unattractive kind of chubby girl. It's the Chrissy from now and then, where Chrissy's, like, not really fat. She's just a little heavier than the other girls. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. This is a Hollywood problem. Um,
1: It is. She's Hollywood fat, which is, like, to say not fucking at all. So yeah, they, this is like all the main characters all meet in the bathroom pretty much. Um, except for uh, Goldie. Uh, how do they meet Goldie? Doesn't she just come up to them like after the altercation with Buttinger? It,
2: yeah, it's, uh, I think.
1: Like she's coming into detention
0: or
2: something? Yeah.
1: At the end? Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, she walks into detention. Oh, it's while and...
2: they're like torturing him because she she has my second yeah. favorite line, which is, wow, this is great. Buttinger's such a fuck.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, wrote that that's down exactly too exactly the line she
2: delivers
1: yep. it great too, yeah, they have detention uh from the frog uh thing, and he's getting handsy uh with Rita, and then Angelina Jolie rolls in and is gonna kick his ass, basically, <laughs> she grabs him by the balls,
0: yep, yeah, well, Maddie comes in first they all they all come in one at a time,
1: yeah, yeah but i I think Goldie comes in like at the end when they're all in his face and um.
0: Yeah, and he's Rita, got balls and a vise and all that. Yeah,
1: well, Rita says, you know, if you touch me again, I'll cut your little balls your, off with yeah. my toenail clippers.
0: Yep. I'll cut your little nuts off with my toenail clippers. It's that's great. my favorite. Yeah,
1: it's great. Yeah. Um, and that's what, like, I think that's when Goldie walks in and sees that happening and goes, oh, that's yeah. that's so rad. Buttons, you're such a fuck. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. They like to talk about that line as they're leaving, too. Like, that's... Yeah, yeah
1: Goldie's like, I can't yeah. believe you said that. And she, like, you know, pats her on the back, kind of. That's the other thing, is they have really good rapport amongst them amongst themselves, like, between themselves. Yeah. It feels very real. There's actually a really good little moment later. Um, I don't remember when this exactly is, but it's, I think it's, like, third act, when they're all kind of, like, grounded and split up. Uh, I guess Violet comes over to
2: maddie maddie's
1: house yeah 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 and um
2: oh and they're on uh the chat or whatever yeah with, yeah. with
1: rita and maddie like walks away to take a phone call or something right and uh, she
0: goes to call goldie
1: yes to call goldie and but like mm-hmm. you can hear violet and rita like still in the background having a conversation and it just like feels very mm-hmm. real and I was like, oh, I right. really like that. That's such a good little detail. Because it's not important what they're saying. They're just like, oh, what's up, bitch? Like, whatever. <laughs> like,
0: right. It's cool. Um, I, there's a couple of things that I love about that. I love Maddie's room. I That's something that has carried through adulthood. When I was a kid and watched this, I was like, that's the room I want. It's, like, huge and it's got, like, stars on the ceiling and yeah. it's got – like a couch and it's got this like sort of greenhouse type of window
1: yeah that's really great. where
0: like it's always raining because like it's the 90s and it can't rain all the time but it does (laughs) and
2: isn't it also one of those situations where she's got a clothing rack not a closet
0: yeah it's all that stuff she's got her clothes like folded on like an ikea billy bookshelf or some shit you know it's like tina you know you're mostly
1: describing my room right
2: Yeah, Hunter, you're the coolest teenage girl I yeah. know.
1: I am. I'm the Maddie of this outfit. Yeah. Uh, you are. I had, um, there were the glow-in-the-dark stars. I had a couch. I definitely had a clothing rack.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it looked like her own apartment, because yeah. essentially she has the whole second floor or the whole attic. I'm not sure which it is, but you go up a flight of steps and you are in her room. Yeah. It's this, like, idyllic... It's the dream teenage room is yeah. what it is. They yeah, just yeah. set it up that way. And she's got her own computer and her own phone and her own answering machine.
1: Yep, she does.
0: How man? Like, I remember your own phone was bougie.
2: Having your own answering machine. Uh, well, sorry, having your own phone was bougie. Having your own phone line was extremely bougie. And then I knew nobody that had their own answering machine.
0: That just listen. Didn't I was happen. excited to have my own TV. Like Yeah. I- yeah. There are certain sounds that like just trigger nostalgic childhood moments and the dial-up sound is one of them the other one for me is the icq sound yeah oh boy yeah yeah see i knew you guys would know it (laughs) yeah well so i i wasn't on it but i'm
2: i'm very like the same thing with like the yeah the anything because i think i used aim and uh msn messenger were the two that i used the most yeah i'm aware of i used aim a lot
1: too so that like door that creaky door sound Uh and the like goodbye like yeah. those I remember yeah. very yeah. well. Um, mm-hmm. I also have a weird nostalgia for um, the TiVo sound. Like, boop boop.
3: boop. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I used to use AIM and Yahoo Messenger and ICQ. But ICQ ties into this because I joked, I, I shouldn't say I joked, it was serious, but I made it sound funny with Michael about how this this movie made me question my sexuality as a teenager. Cause I was like, yo, I didn't think that I liked girls, but like Angelina Jolie, I mean, right. So I was like, I think I like girls now. I don't, really know what to do with that like how much do I like him I don't know during that same time period I used ICQ because ICQ was one of the few messengers where you could search for people like to talk to like it you didn't need their their number it was a number with ICQ not a a username it was a number but you could just go into different like interests
3: yeah yeah
0: and talk to people and there were like a lesbian groups so I could just like weirdly talk to girls on the internet and That's why I used ICQ, because it was much harder to do on AIM. You had to, like, know people's information. Oh, absolutely. So so that was the benefit of ICQ, fun fact. And (laughs) I think a lot of teenage girls used to do the same thing, because, like, it got to the point where I'd message them, and they'd be like, what? No, I'm in the wrong group, and, like, run away, and I'd have to start the conversations with, do you know you're in the gay group? You know, (laughs) you're in the gay group. God. and then they would like answer or not and then i would know whether or not they actually wanted to talk to girls uh, uh so
1: that's yeah that's how you find out
0: yeah that's how you find out even now watching foxfire i'm like yeah you know what like if i were maddie i'd be swayed peter facinelli it's not it's, it's just not holding a candle to her dude it's, it's i'm sorry it sucks
1: yeah no peter facinelli with his front butt and his back hog that's oh not. my
0: god <laughs> Like even even hog out, it's just not doing it. <laughs> I hate this. We can't call it hog.
3: <laughs> like, you immediately were like, like I hate. The this.
0: die has been cast. <laughs> <laughs> we can't do it. It's like it's like when people want you to say weird things and you're like, I'll try it for you because like I care about you as a person. And you try it and you're like, nope, that's weird. I can't say it. <laughs> hog. Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> ding 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 yeah
1: remember bacon lube
0: yeah i really wanted to say no but i do i remember it and it smelled terrible
1: yeah it had its moment
0: yeah. can we not make lube cutesy yeah it's
1: yeah it's utilitarian
0: i mean unless it comes with funfetti just make
1: lube where when you the first time you take the lid off it's like a, a holiday cracker and just a bunch of uh, confetti
0: shoots up <laughs> And then you're oh. Like, oh, no, man, because if you're already sticky, mm-mm. you ain't <laughs> no. never getting that shit off. It'd be like a parade float.
2: They should have little gifts, too. Like, I don't know. The holiday crackers are always fun. I get, like, a pen or, like, dice.
1: Oh, so you're saying there should be, like, uh, like, oh. like the worm in a bottle of tequila. There should be something in the bottom like of a, your a little gift. lube container.
0: If it's, like, a Christmas cracker, it should have, like, a little gift for you. The hog is the gift. Whether you like it
1: or not, the hog is the gift.
0: The hog is the gift. So weirdly ominous. Don't look a gift hog in the mouth. (laughs) I don't want to talk about hog anymore. I've said it so many times. I feel like the
1: stinger is you saying stroking the hog.
2: Yeah, you keep saying you don't like hog, and then you keep saying hog.
1: Where are we? Yeah. What happens now?
2: Uh, They go back.
1: They find the. Oh, they climb a bridge. This is the beginning of the climbing. Like Um, trying
2: to dare Maddie to climb a bridge like trestle
1: and she takes her portfolio and she's like come on maddie come on and she's up there you know and she's spinning around to show how fearless she is and a truck goes by and honks and she goes like "Huh!" Ah! and drops it and it goes off the bridge
0: wait a minute we've got to pause because we just missed a whole chunk of stuff what do we miss maddie goes home and oh. leg shows up at maddie's house
1: yeah yeah that's yeah it. there's
2: like a little sleepover where legs just kind of asks her if she can crash here
1: and that's it's more climbing it's legs climbing into and out of the the window and um
2: climaxing, climaxing. that's only implied
1: <laughs> and uh maddie's mom is kathy moriarty <laughs>
0: I still wonder if something happened between them that night because they don't show. it. I mean, obviously, she, you know, Legs sleeps there and she leaves in the morning. But Maddie makes some kind of joke to her, says something to her. I don't remember what she says, but Legs responds with, she says the next morning, like something happened. And I don't know if that's just her being like cute or like if something actually did happen.
1: It it walks the line. Like it could just be cheeky
2: or. Yeah. Right. And again, I think this was a time that we didn't actually very directly talk about lesbians in mainstream movies.
0: No, I mean, that would have made it a gay movie. Yeah. Right. They had their own category then. Absolutely. So we don't actually know if they slept together, if they made out, or anything. Like, there's no... We don't know. Uh, But she did spend the night, and then she snuck out in the morning.
1: Yeah, then they climbed the bridge. And then uh, they get uh, suspended.
2: Yeah, it's that the principal calls Maddie and company into the office about what they did to the teacher and stuff. And they're kind of like, well, he's a creeper, and... (laughs) isn't a good enough
0: they're not believed is what happens the the principal doesn't believe the story that they're telling yeah he gives
1: them the very like oh these are very serious accusations and it's Mm -hmm. like yeah it's a very serious offense dude
0: there's
2: a needle drop right after that of that shampoo song we're in trouble that is just mm-hmm. too on the nose and was in so many fucking movies.
1: I know it from the Power Rangers movie.
2: Yeah, that's where I first heard it.
1: Oh, my God, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I, I got to tell you that the Foxfire soundtrack, I think, is phenomenal, and I still listen to it.
1: It's very good. I still That Mazzy Star song.
0: Yeah, Mazzy Star, uh, Kristen Hirsch, that Kristen Hirsch song at the end. Oh, yeah. It's great, Me and My Charms. Um, L7. Yeah. Yeah, I Shirley. just, I wish that this had been a little less on the nose is all.
1: I mean, that, that Needle Drop specifically? Yeah. Yes.
2: Yes.
0: Yeah, there's a couple of those. I mean, it falls in line with the typical teenage movie, like, handbook. You know, yeah. you kind of just got to throw those things in sometimes.
1: Right, it's we're getting in trouble, but we're having fun doing it. Yeah.
0: Right, and it's a fun song, and it's a fun scene, and I don't know, I think it kind of works. It's got, like, a uh, the craft vibe about it.
1: Yeah.
2: After that, they go to the abandoned house. Yeah, oh
1: yeah, the The nicest abandoned house ever.
0: Right, well, and like, it somehow is still standing, but doesn't have any windows or doors or any properly working windows, it seems like. No, but it's got good bones. <laughs> yeah, it's got a bunch of trees and vines growing in it, but like, there's yeah. no nothing leaks. There's nobody no. that no. comes around. Nobody bothers them. There aren't people like staying in it. There no, are.
1: this thing is open to the elements, I guess, all the time. But, like, there's no scene where they open a closet and there's a fucking fox living in there or something, yeah. or fucking no. bats.
2: Yeah. It's just a little dirty and there's a lot of, like, candles
0: around. <laughs> it's not
1: even that dirty. It's, like, the cleanest abandoned house except somebody put a metric ton of candles in it and then they dumped a bag of leaves.
0: Right, yeah. Well, it looks like the girls from the craft had been living in it prior, <laughs> prior to this. And yeah, now there's not even, it's like, all graffiti. set up for the...
2: Yeah. It's no. all set
0: up for the, like, seance. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, there's no graffiti. There's no one squatting in it. There's no, like, hypodermics anywhere. There's, there's no, no animal like,
1: scat, you know, like. Right,
0: yeah, like, or people scat. Yeah, There's right. nothing in it that, like, makes sense for an abandoned house. And the fact that no one bothers them. Like, there's nobody else that is frequenting this house or knows it exists.
2: Isn't this the same woods that, like, Maddie was taking pictures in? or is this a different spot?
1: Maybe. Yeah, I watching it again this morning, I wasn't sure if when she's taking photos in the beginning, uh, you know, the hog hunt, um <laughs> if that was behind her house or behind the abandoned house.
0: Uh-huh. But yeah. although now that you say that, he does meet up with her I think when she's coming from or going to that house? Yeah. Because that's when he notices she has a tattoo.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, thanks, Foxfire, for making squatting look unbelievably easy. And attractive. Yeah, I know.
1: It is easy, but it, yeah, it makes it look like a fun afternoon that you can just, oh, it's just like hanging out. It's just like a treehouse. There's definitely not a homeless person who, you know, wants to pick your pocket for, you know, drug money or, you know, a a deranged lunatic.
2: All the ceilings work like ceilings and all the floors work like floors.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Right. Like, you're not going to fall through anywhere. It's very structurally sound.
2: All
1: it needs is a fresh coat of paint and doors and windows, but literally everything else is fine.
0: The flippers' dream. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yep. This season on House Flippers, we found the <laughs> we found a house with a bunch of girls getting tattoos in it, and one of them might be a uh, an elf. <laughs> one of them might be a elf on House Flippers, and they kept talking about a wild hog, but we didn't. Yeah. Um. <laughs>
0: That's kind of, like, mm, new fun fact about Mark Wahlberg. He's not in this movie, but I'll bring him up. Uh, he's got multiple car dealerships. What? what? <laughs> yeah, man. Like, he sells cars, and, like, he goes to the dealership and, like, makes commercials for his car dealerships. Oh,
1: Did, man. Didn't
2: he and his brothers also do the burger restaurant?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. how
2: many fucking things does he need to do?
0: I'm an entrepreneur, bro. <laughs> Oh, God.
1: Make him money hand over fist uh, over here.
0: Hand over hog. <laughs>
1: hand over the hog and no one gets hurt. Ew. <laughs> Put the hog in the bag.
0: <laughs> I mean, you should bag the hog.
2: You yeah, always bag your hog, folks. Yeah. So they break into school.
1: Yeah, because Maddie's uh, art is still there and she wants it. Um, She has to send it in to be called submission thing. Um,
2: It's because her and her boyfriend are trying to go to the same art school or some shit, right? And so, like, she needs her portfolio to, for the submission and stuff. And uh, the principal didn't let her get it before they were suspended.
1: So, they, yeah, they break back in. They get in easily enough. Well, um, so... They go in through the ceiling. And... and
2: they're way too loud when they're doing it.
1: Yes, that is true. They're totally unsubtle. But they get in easy enough. And then they're fucking around too much in the art room.
2: What it is is Goldie finds the photo that Maddie had taken of her. And she seems like pissed off about it so she's just sure. gonna smoke a joint to like calm down
1: yeah
3: and she puts
2: her match out in what she thinks is just a pile of rags but oh, it's an i art thought room. she
1: dropped i thought she dropped the no the she showing. drops
2: the match but it's in uh, a bunch of what i imagine is like turpentine soaked sure. rags or something so yeah. they all catch yeah because they're in an art room and you really shouldn't be having fire no in there
1: uh but then there's a very fun uh breakfast club type homage of them all running through the halls trying not to get caught by the security yeah, guards in the rain. Or I, cops, it's cops. Yeah, yeah.
2: I, I thought that the music was going to be the, uh... But it's not that, it's some other thing that's got, like, a real, like, kind of beachy guitar and sax kind of thing happening. Yeah, uh, Maddie and uh, Legs end up hiding in a closet together. Yep. And Maddie nearly gets them caught because she's
0: not good at things.
1: No, they're <laughs> chuckling.
0: Well, yeah, they're they're like forced into the closet together, which is like, huh, I get it. Uh, but also,
1: do you get it? Oh!
0: subtext yeah they're like real <laughs> they're real close because they're like so they're tucked like behind these shelves or something so they're like real snuggled up together and also and, they've
1: been in the uh you know the sprinklers so they're both soaking wet
0: yeah right soaking wet and then the cop peeks in with a flashlight and he goes oh i think he says something like he thinks that they're no longer in the building he closes the door and then he hears somebody giggle and he opens the door again. But Maddie giggles and Legs takes her hand and covers her mouth and like pulls her in when she does it. And it's a real strange moment if you two are not a couple. It just feels too
2: too intimate. intimate. Yeah, like maybe you're the same person. <laughs> maybe.
1: <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of parallels to Fight Club. Yeah got a yeah. derelict house except it's you know teenage girl fantasy derelict house not like some teenage boy fantasy
2: well instead of punch me as hard as you can in the face it's can i get a stick and poke tattoo right that scene i had it's the scene that launched a thousand stick and poke tats i'm sure yeah i definitely know oh, people yeah. with yeah well so shout
0: out to talls right now yeah <laughs> oh i don't know if i should do this oh, i don't know you gotta you gotta call her out Cause I wasn't going to name names. I'm going to let it be. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to out anybody. So I'm going to just say shout out to Talls. <laughs> See you girl. <laughs>
2: um. You
0: know, also uh, at one point they're
2: admonishing Goldie, just like you and your fucking weed. You're a T head. And I had yeah, never like, heard
0: people a T head. Is
2: it T E A or is it like T H C T head? No, it's T E
0: A. Tea was supposed to be slang for weed. And so being a tea head would make you a pothead. Okay. Here's a fun fact. Maybe this says something about who I was at the time. I didn't know what a tea head was. And I thought it was a racist term because Goldie is Asian. Aha. Uh-huh. Oh. So well, that's how I found out what tea head actually was. Yeah. Cause I was like, I'm Googling this.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: huh. But I thought it was like a racist term. And I was like, wow, that's fucked. I thought y'all were friends. Right, and right. that's, Well, but I think there's a takeaway. Goldie's father is abusive.
3: Yeah, definitely.
0: And Goldie's father thinks that he is like, father of the year. Like, he thinks he's a good father. He really, like, pats himself on the back.
2: Yeah, well, it's it's that toxic masculinity thing of, like, he's a good provider because, like, her house is gorgeous. So, like, they're a wealthy family.
0: Not only toxic masculinity, but, like, a white savior thing. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's almost like, well, Goldie's got it great. Look where Goldie lives. I I take care of Goldie. It's like, well, no, you don't take care of Goldie. You pay for her to have a nice house. You pay for her to have nice things. You don't take care of Goldie. Right, and you're
1: completely... uh oblivious to the fact that she has a developing drug problem
0: right absolutely but
1: you're like oh it's good because we have a display gun
0: (laughs) yeah well and he treats her like property he doesn't treat her like a child so it i think her relationship to her parents is important i don't think determining whether or not she's adopted makes a huge difference but i think it's inferred and that 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 distance could occur whether or not they were her biological parents oh yeah definitely
2: so Uh, then Angelina Jolie, in remembrance of this evening where they lit that school on fire, (laughs) gives herself, uh, a flame tattoo and Maddie and then everybody else is kind of like, and I want one. So we all get stick and pokes.
1: They're yeah, all swigging from a bottle yeah. of uh I
0: don't know. Yeah. Rum might or be rum. something. Yeah, I mean they pass around a bottle and yeah. they're all top almost all of them are topless.
2: Well, so I forgot how few bras there were in the nineties. And this yeah. reminded me, because it was this and a couple other movies, but anytime anybody whipped a shirt off in the nineties, it was like maybe even money that they were gonna be wearing a bra or not. Like Yeah. But so it ends in a shirtless tickle fight like most sleepovers do. <laughs>
0: While they played Mazzy Star, it it like couldn't be any more 90s. Like it's just, it, it's just, that's how everybody fantasizes about anything important. Um, and, and it it is a moment. It feels like a moment. And it's got that like sort of montage feel. It's not a montage, but nobody's Whoa. really talking. Yeah. And they go from girl to girl and yeah. the music is playing and. It's it's a really beautiful scene. The, the lighting is. in it is phenomenal.
2: I don't think it's slow motion but it's slow paced definitely. Where it's very it's very like sensual cuz it's candlelight and it's a lot of bare skin and it's this very and like It's intimate. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and it's this very like, you know, yeah, we're we're giving you a tattoo in this most like connective way of like I'm not even using a machine. I'm just using my hands, you know.
0: Yeah, and they're laying in her lap. So yeah. like it's very connected and close and yeah
2: we're cleansing the needle with fire and alcohol like these are all right. very elemental things it's got a lot of this
1: yeah it is the like artsy teen girl you know artsy point of view like teen girl version of all those fucking late 90s early 2000s movies where a bunch of women drink uh margaritas and dance around a kitchen table to just about any number of uh you know pop songs
2: that wasn't as common as it was just You mean a... you mean practical magic? It is practical yeah. magic. Mean... It's specifically Dude, practical magic. There are other
1: <laughs> movies that happens in.
2: Are you sure it's not just practical magic again?
1: Yes. Yeah. I am. <laughs> that was that was like a thing that had its had a moment.
2: No, maybe I'm sure they did that in Yaya Sisterhood too. Yeah, like, it's, it's, it's not movies. Even... It's yeah. movies like that.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah.
2: <laughs> I'm trying to think. Yeah, I the, feel like the first the,
1: Wives Club, I think, has a similar scene. Oh, I
2: didn't oh, see that. Okay, kind of. Yeah, but yeah, um, that primal women bonding is a lot of yeah drinking and you know what? I think it's a lot like primal man bonding. It's just that we don't see it depicted as frequently, except for this like little streak in the nineties.
0: Well, it's all got this like sort of witchy mystical vibe to it. Yeah, yeah.
2: but that's also a lot of like primal women comes from right like, yeah. witches. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Oh yeah, that the, that imagery and iconography of those two things are very similar there was a lot of overlap certainly and you know and the alcohol is them like letting their inhibitions down and you know blah blah, blah and that's all well, and even it's like, very like women who run with the wolves I, type of thing well i mean that's what he calls them the women yeah, who run he, with fox the principal i laugh yeah. so
0: hard yeah. what are you girls that run, run with, with foxes? foxes
1: i was like that what sort of thing
2: yeah i was like,
0: like who what
1: because, okay... Who says that? Women Who Run With the Wolves was a book... Yes. ...that my mom owned. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Now, that
0: doesn't surprise me. Hi, Lynn. How's it going? Yeah.
1: <laughs> and, like, I was like, you said that, like, that's a thing anybody has heard.
0: Like, that somebody would identify as that. Yes, that is me. I am the girl who runs with foxes. So, from, like, a mystical and a substance
2: perspective, though, alcohol is very, a very American thing. It's one of the few you know drugs that is legal and so it's frequently shown i think in films of like coming of age in sort of like a vision quest sort of way of like and and frequently it's drinking underage honestly but like it's young men it's young women it's a way for bonding and stuff and it's this whole culture that i think is like a very western notion that not that isn't as prevalent in other like cultures or at least not depicted that way in their art
1: yeah know? this is the good time gal pal montage yes
3: yes
2: they go it to is. the
1: supermarket and um violet is encouraging rita to put condoms on a cucumber they're talking about and how... she comes
0: up with that song
1: oh man
0: mm-hmm. that's <laughs> you want to come inside my house
1: do you want to come inside Do you want to come inside my house? I don't want to tie you down. I just want to tie you up. I want you to show me things, something, something.
0: Wait, it's do you want to come inside my house? Do you want to show me things I've never seen before?
1: And that's. I don't want to tie you down. I want to tie you. I up. I just
0: want to tie you up.
1: Do you want to come? Do inside you want my to house? come
0: inside my house?
1: And she's like, "What do you think?" And, and Violet's like, "I think you need to get laid." And she's like, "Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I masturbate." Right. <laughs> and Goldie's like, and Goldie's "I don't need to like, hear about that." Right. <laughs> and then she's like, "How can you tell if a guy has you know like a big hog?" Oh. Um, shouldn't so say I
0: think, said, she said. I
2: think they said cucumber or something. I or think she just says a big one. Oh, okay. But a then big but one, yeah. she is like cradling
1: the cucumber a lot. Um and it's a very, <laughs> for for a cucumber, it's a real phallic looking cucumber, like it's got a little bit of a droopy end <laughs> on it. Then it's just a bunch of shots of like the various dads shopping in the store, <laughs> like yeah. their crotches. It's pretty funny. And
2: Everybody's then I think just looking for an alert hog, that's all. <laughs> alert. Hog. <laughs> Tina's got a face
1: hog alert. I'm Alex Jones. Welcome back to hog alert with Alex Jones.
0: Oh uh, no, 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 You know, I'm, Didn't I'm, we have a
2: thing recently about actors with big hogs.
1: Yeah. I don't remember. Honestly, I don't remember if we're talking about that on the show or just in our private lives, but, uh, Willem Dafoe, I'll bring it, I'll mention it again. I mentioned oh. it on episode two, Willem yeah. Dafoe. Big
2: boinker. Yeah. Yeah. Distractingly so. Apparently, that's not true.
1: That's true. Look at any performance by Willem Dafoe, and you'll be like, "That's big boinker energy." <laughs> yeah, Spider-Man. Stop. You're not the only one that can shoot webs. Thwip, thwip, Spider-Man.
2: I gotta go. <laughs> you know. I'm the Hog Goblin. I was, I was gonna say we keep talking about hogs, and it makes me think <laughs> of Spider Pig from The Simpsons. Dude, I fucking hate you
0: so much. <laughs>
2: Bing, bing, bing. Thank you.
1: Oh, so then they uh, they go back to the house and they just party to the cramps. Let's get fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, they do. It's fucking great.
2: Yep.
1: Song is so good.
2: Leg stops off at Goldie's house and finds the gun.
1: The showcase gun. Yeah. yeah.
2: Which, we're setting that up for the third act, so it's not really that important of a scene, except that she finds a gun.
0: Yeah. It's the only moment that Legs and Goldie have alone together, though. Yeah.
2: Well, and then also, Goldie makes some, like, suicidal comment.
0: Yeah,
1: she's like, put me out of my misery, and Legs holds a gun on her for a minute, and then, you know, then she puts it away, but before she does, she checks it, and there was a bullet in the fucking chamber, which is crazy.
3: Yeah. Um, Yeah.
1: And then, you know, then she... Closes the case and she but she goes up to Goldie and it's like hey I don't want to hear any more of that fucking oh kill me kill me you know uh, from you and Goldie's like okay mom and then they laugh yeah Mm -hmm. I think the next scene is the the rooftop scene
2: yes it's really
1: it's really beautiful oh yeah it looks great it's a great scene it's incredibly well acted this is where you get the most of Angelina Jolie's backstory
2: Yeah, uh, she's got a tattoo on her arm that she says is a friend of hers, and then when pressed, is like, it's my mom. Audrey. Yeah. Yeah. And it's got a birth and death date, so Audrey's not still with us.
1: But to your point, Tina, it sort of starts when Maddie is, you know, like, Oh, so who's Audrey? Like in this very yeah. kind of like, oh, who's that other person whose name you have? Yeah, on yeah your, it's uh, like, like
0: it's like flirty right. jealousy. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, I, I have to say that the moment on the rooftop is probably the most emotional moment, with the exception of the final like goodbye oh, that they absolutely. say. Yeah, definitely, absolutely, um, it's real heavy, and it's almost difficult to watch because you're seeing. Maddie really struggling with her own emotions. Like she really wants to tell this person she loves her and she doesn't even really know for sure how she means it. Like you, you know, she knows. Yeah. Yeah. But she can't bring herself to admit it even to herself that she's in love with this girl. Um, and she's got to say it to her. It's like practically bubbling out of her legs knows it. And she's really pretty good about it where she's just like, I'm going to let you do this at your pace. Like I, am I'll take it the way you want me to take it, Maddie. Like however you want me to take it is the way I'll take it. Yeah, I was gonna say the
1: dialogue in that scene is great. You
2: definitely get a feeling that like she's yeah. trying to be like encouraging but not
0: pressuring. Maddie challenges her in ways that that she's not used to being challenged, and Legs challenges Maddie in ways that Maddie's not used to being challenged. And so, and you see all of this, all of this unfolds in this very short moment on the roof. Like they info dumped on you, but it was. Well done. It didn't feel like an info dump. No.
1: No, because it's not just raw information, it's information no. that informs the characters and where they're at emotionally during the scene, which is, you know, it's a major, it's a pivotal scene because the whole movie is their relationship. So pretty much. Yeah, right. So having that backstory and being like, Okay, that kind of somewhat it's not explains, but at least puts into context why legs is the way she is yeah you get to know who these characters are in this moment more it's very like revealing yeah it's because this is what the movie is concerned with like everything else is in the movie and it's there and whatever but like this is the the heart of the movie you know these are the the anchor scenes these are the scenes that you know require the most finesse
0: yeah and they're all spot on it's the stuff in between that kind of feels like somebody else took over What's interesting is the book.
2: They they do say girl gang way more liberally when talking about Well, it's about called the
0: book. Foxfire Confessions of a Girl's Gang. Yeah, okay, um, that would be why. I was going to say <laughs>
1: yeah. earlier when you cuz I didn't I did not check out the Wikipedia on the book, but when you said when you referred to them as a girl gang, I was like, "Yeah, I guess that's technically true, but like that paints a different you know, I, mental image. I uh, got the
2: feeling that in the book they became more renowned as like those tough girls than you kinda get in the movie. Yeah, there's well, there's a line
1: do... where the it's when Dash Myhawk sends his girlfriend to lead um, Maddie away so they can kidnap her. And the implication is raper, uh, including Eldon Henson, who we're kind of supposed to like, like he's supposed to be like the likable one. And also like yeah. Dash My Hawk's girlfriend is on board until the very last minute, which is like also a nightmare. She's like, oh, well, you guys have this reputation. And I was like, oh, I, I kind of like I kind of see the girl gang thing because like they did do some crimes. <laughs> um, right. But like, yeah. but um... you see it happen organically from their point of view. It's not like they, you know. They're not Batman villains where they all meet in their lair to, you know, to plan a new crime, even though they are meeting in a lair and they are planning crimes.
0: I was just going to say they do exactly that. Yeah. yeah. But
1: it's not even, malicious. Even like, the
2: downtime, they're drinking underage. And, and they all have initiation book, tattoos. Though. Yeah. Like, seriously, like, if you're thinking about, like, classic gang behavior, they're definitely doing it.
0: Yeah. Well, this might clarify it for you, though. So the book, even though it was published in 93 it is based in the 50s. Oh. It's got a real different vibe from what I understand.
1: Right, because in the 50s, you know, yeah, this group of women ignoring the town, you know, and just fucking going off on their own is definitely, like, more shocking than the 90s. Yeah,
2: it's not exactly like you're going to get burnt at the stake, but it's definitely... But it's also not the Spice Girls. (laughs) Right, exactly.
0: They would most certainly be considered a gang in the 50s. Right. Without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So
1: would the Spice Girls.
0: Right. <laughs> Fair.
1: Tell me what you want, what you really, really want. An indoor washer and dryer.
0: <laughs> Dishwasher. I don't know. Yeah, like, I think
1: in the 50s it was like, oh, well, I'll go out and I'll wash the, you know. But getting your own washer save. and dryer is like, ooh, modern technology.
2: Yeah. Think of all the time you slave to create your husband a more elaborate dinner.
1: Boy, you you definitely Freudian slipped and said, think of all the time you'll slave.
0: Yeah. I definitely did. <laughs> I what's even funnier, we're gonna double Freudian slip it because I thought she said think of all the time you'll shave.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, you can still so, be you can still be a little hairy in the fifties. Oh well, yeah,
0: yeah. But your husband may not be pleased.
2: Yeah, well I mean doesn't matter that he's got
0: Harry hog.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Harry Hogg, attorney
1: yeah. at law.
2: We hadn't invented manscaping in the fifties.
1: No Uh, landscaping was still new. Yeah. This week's episode of Perry Mason. He crosses talons with Harry Hogg, played by Cary Grant.
0: (laughs) You can't do that and not do your Cary Grant impression.
1: Hello, Perry. (laughs) Yes. My client's innocent.
2: Ah. For the kids oh. out there, this is extremely excellent. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, for the kids out there, look up both Perry Mason and anything with Cary Grant. Yeah. Yeah. Ding, ding, they, darling.
2: They stole those guys' car.
1: Oh, yeah. So, he yeah, he's going to kidnap Maddie, uh, and the whole football team is going to, I guess, rape her, which is, again, fucking terrifying.
0: Yeah, they um, want to get back at her for because, because he, he's suspended or fired yeah or he's something.
1: the biology teacher and the and the, football coach. Football, coach. And
2: the okay. football coach yeah and that's how you put women in their place is sexual violence
1: uh it's yeah awful
0: and his shitbag girlfriend goes along with it until she realizes that it's actually going to happen great
1: great fun fun times um but luckily tyler durden i'm sorry i mean legs uh shows up <laughs> uh, with a fucking switchblade and puts it right to dash my throat uh which is great and then they steal his car and Goldie is driving. And as they're driving down the street, she's like weaving all over. And she's like, I can't drive. Right. <laughs> so it's literally climbs over from the, the second, like the back seat and like starts taking over. It's really good. It's really funny. Um, and then my note says, stole the car rolled the car yeah Yeah. then they they bottom out and they're zooming through town uh so
2: it's that they blow a red light and the cops cops start following them them. and then also like so this is a thing that i didn't realize was that's the definition of joyriding is taking a car and wrecking it most times i thought
0: it was just going on a fun car ride
1: Yeah, we talked about this in previous episode, Joyride.
0: There's a point where Legs is like, where are we going? And Maddie kind is in the middle of a freakout. And she's like, I, I don't know, uh, the beach. Let's go to the beach. Yeah. And you can see that Maddie is trying to be, like, cool with this, but is internally having a panic attack. Yeah. Then the cops show up, and Maddie's trying to talk Legs down because Legs just like... Yeah, she's like, I got priors,
1: man. I can't go back.
0: Yeah, right. She's not stopping, and... Maddie's, like, legs talk to me. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Which, you know what? I actually have to say that there's a lot of points in this movie where Maddie's communication skills are, like, phenomenal.
2: Almost like she's talking to herself, Tina? Maybe.
0: But, like, it took me 35 years to, like, communicate with people in a way where it's, like, they're doing something irrational in your thought process to be, like, talk to me. Like, let's talk about this. Like, what's going on? And they roll off of the cliff. The cops, I guess, decide to... Well, I just want to
1: clarify for listeners. It's a hill.
0: No, it's a hill. This is Thelma but... Louise territory. Like, <laughs> I we don't get a actually... gentle it's, end it's, over end. It's,
1: it's Mac and me. <laughs> yeah. Uh...
0: Yeah. I mean, the car is pretty trashed, yeah. And yeah I'm kind it, it, of oh, surprised yeah. nobody is injured. They all seem to come out of it unscathed, though you don't see that. The, nec- they, the next cutscene, they're in court. Yeah, they yeah. don't make them like they used to, Tina.
1: You know, the judge sentences Legs to a youth center because Legs doesn't have any existing family, family or anything. Priors.
2: Yeah, Uh. so Legs gets sent to a correctional facility for 6 to 12 months. Is that because she's near 18? Like, is yeah, that, that like... makes sense. Cause they're like, oh yeah, she's got priors, but like, that seems lenient. So I'm guessing that that's all that they can do. And they're just trying to make it sound impressive. Also. I think some
0: they say she's 17 and doesn't have a legal guardian. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But then they play that candle box song.
0: Yo, <laughs> no, I love that candle box song, especially at that point in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Well,
1: everybody's real upset. They play the candle box. And I was like, hell yeah. yeah. 90s. Right. Yep. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah yeah
1: this song is good
2: the, the, it is the music so good. is probably some of like the better part of this movie for me
1: yeah honestly when the movie opens my first note is it's 90s is shit already i don't remember yeah. what the song is that it opens with but it's very 90s like it has like distorted guitars it's and
0: wild strawberries i don't want to think about it oh okay mm-hmm.
1: There you go. You're welcome. But yeah, I was like, oh, I was like, it's already super 90s, like right out of the gate.
0: So
2: that was me with Velvet Goldmine. Oh, yeah. It was like, I can name every goddamn thing, even the thing that they only play for like 12 seconds in this one scene. Yeah.
1: That's me with a couple of things, but um, especially Empire Records.
2: Oh, also. Oh, yeah. A very. I sorted
1: out, like, all, because I bought the actual soundtrack album and it doesn't have all the songs that are featured in the movie. It doesn't. And. So oh, I had to search out the rest I of them.
2: It? Yeah, that's yeah, no. so lame when they do that shit. Like, like yeah,
1: that Guar song is not on there.
0: Because um, what, it's too obscure? Like... <laughs> it could very much just be a different
1: record company well, where it's more expensive oh. to negotiate.
0: Yeah, okay. Also, the actual Coyote Shivers version is not on there. Yeah,
1: no, they had to record okay. it, re-record it. Yeah. Um, that uh, The song that plays when Warren is, uh, like, sneaking around... Uh, which oh, is, oh
0: yeah! Which is what like, is that?
1: I forget who did. I have I have it on my iPod, but um, it's like little bastard. Yeah, all fish yeah. belly white. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> I think it's called little bastard.
1: It might be called little bastard. Yeah, yeah. and then the cor- the chorus is. is like. He says, call me snake. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's Um, such a good song.
0: Also, there's a song where, I think it's where Liv Tyler says she's going to sleep with Rex Manning. She tries to sleep with Rex Manning or something like that. There's a really great song in the background that's not on any of the soundtracks and I
1: can't remember what it is. It's that song that goes like, not another drive-in movie. That one? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: But yeah, so you by box
1: yeah it's a it's a montage of everybody's life and being then, worse
2: yeah but then like it's it's kind of mostly maddie and goldie and it's goldie kind of getting into heroin under a bridge cause... Yeah, oh like, that kinda. was my red hot chili peppers thing that's a reasonable escalation yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah
1: she's like boy i smoke a lot well, of weed and, i might as well shoot heroin yeah, although it was the 90s to be fair though
2: Well, and okay, so that's like the Dare thing where they're like, yeah, like weed is a gateway drug. And apparently Dare made more people do drugs. So although
1: I did a lot of drugs wearing a Dare shirt,
2: I think a lot of people did.
1: (laughs) Yeah, she's she's under like a fucking overpass in some shack with some kid with a Chelsea. Yep, (laughs) yep.
0: that's that's exactly how heroin starts, you know,
1: it always does. If you're anywhere, listen, all right, here's a PSA. The more you fucking know. If you're ever <laughs> under an overpass and you look around and there's a ch- there's a shack and there's a kid with a Chelsea, you need to get out of there because you will do heroin now. Well, you can't even that, stop.
0: They're all, I I think they're I all dressed head to toe in outfits from I. Goldberg. Oh like, yeah,
3: I yeah, yeah.
2: definitely. But I just have in here in quotes, "Junk Shack Baby." Junk
1: Shack Baby.
2: <laughs> junk Shack Baby. Junk Shack. <laughs> it's a little old shack where we can do junk together. Yeah.
0: What does tin roof rusted mean in that context?
1: Oh, uh, I think it's when you cook the spoon up.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Obviously, I should have known that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like obviously, the aluminum foil. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um. So they call Goldie's dad <laughs> and demand ten thousand. No, a hundred thousand dollars. How much did 10, they ask 000. for? Ten thousand. Ten thousand dollars. Ten thousand. Yes, yeah. it is ten thousand. Yeah, they they call Goldie's dad and demand ten thousand dollars, which I feel seems, uh, for for Goldie to go to rehab. But like, it just seems like a really crazy thing to just out of left field demand. I mean, like, I could see calling him and being like, "Your kid needs to go to rehab," but to be like, "We need well, ten thousand dollars and we're sending her tonight," is just like, I mean, I mean, like,
1: they have seen him like abusing her, slapping her around.
2: Yeah. That feels like a very quick escalation.
0: Well, here's the thing. I think there's some stuff that goes unspoken here. Maddie knows where to find Goldie, which leads me to believe that Maddie knows that Goldie has used before or that she has the propensity to use Mm -hmm. and knows where to find people who use because I don't know how she finds her under the bridge.
1: Well, she's she's always climbing bridges. (laughs) whenever she rolls into a new town she's probably like all right how many bridges are there because i want to climb all of them no this
2: is
0: maddie it's
2: not legs
1: (laughs) oh that's true yeah
2: maddie was the one afraid of heights dude
1: well that's why she knows what's under all the bridges
2: yeah it's the safest (laughs) part of the bridge
1: the furthest from the sky
0: (laughs) maddie finds her there and brings her back to the abandoned house and they all keep saying goldie's sick but nobody says what's wrong with goldie yeah Maybe they just know, but they don't know how to handle it, sort of in that teenage way that, like, you know that heroin's bad, you know that makes people sick, but you don't know why.
2: I feel like that could be a holdover from the book being set in the 50s of just, like, using euphemisms for this sort of thing. Could be. She's having withdrawal, but we're not using that term because it's uncouth.
0: I mean, Maddie seems to know more about it. than than the rest of them do. And she tells Legs, and Legs goes up and looks at her, and Legs takes control of it. How long has she been like this? You know, like, what's going on? Yeah. So it sounds to me like Legs is familiar with substance abuse, which makes me think maybe her mother.
2: Oh, very
0: possibly. And
2: I mean, also, even then, like, we're we're talking about, like, she's more well-traveled and in, sure. like, the fringes and stuff. So, I mean, like, it's really not, like, that could be the subtext here.
0: That might explain why Legs is so frustrated with Goldie's father.
1: My, my read on all that was that Maddie, I think, obviously knew what the situation was and was, you know, using, oh, she's sick as a euphemism, like, to try to soften the blow for the other girls. But, like, mm. the rest of them keep saying it, like, yeah, she caught something while she was in that heroin shack. I don't know. <laughs> right? Which is yeah. like, I was like, wait, what? Why are we all using the euphemism? We all know what it means, right? Like, yeah, she it was didn't weird. Just
2: catch the heroin. Like, yeah. she
1: caught a bad case of heroin. I don't know how. <laughs> um also another reason maddie might know where it is is she's kind of a misery tourist with her photography yeah. so like she mm, might that's true again yeah. this is not in the film this is not in the text no, but, but like
2: in, in the beginning though yeah you do see a bit of that with how she's treating other people at school so yeah that's not so a, she might know way. where that is
1: because she's like oh this is probably where she is this is where the junkies yeah. in town hang out whatever whatever i
2: thought we saw under the bridge before this but i can't remember in what context now i don't remember yeah
0: Maybe it it kind of looks structurally like the place they go to where everybody is skateboarding, like the skate park area. Oh, oh yeah, that's true. Goldie is graffitiing on the wall, and she puts she writes Foxfire across the wall.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Honestly, it looks like underneath FDR, and I could definitely see a heroin shack existing there.
2: Yeah, (laughs) right.
1: I don't ever wanna feel. Oh my god. So, so, yeah, I mean, things have gone fully off the rails at this point. They, yeah, you know.
2: They go to her dad's house, Goldie's dad's house.
1: Yeah, they're trying to just, like, stern lecture him into giving them 10 grand, which is fucking insane. And then Jolie, you know, is like, oh, I remember where you keep your display gun. <laughs> display gun. I remember <laughs> where you keep your display gun. And then she busts that out. And then she shoots him because there's a bullet in the chamber, which we learned in the, you know, previous yeah, scene. It's
2: in, like, a hollow book on, like, a clear glass table that has like three things on it so like it's really not that well hidden
1: yeah no it might as well be in a fucking display case definitely oh it's my humidor where I keep my cigars and my gun
2: you know what though somebody's got it
1: yeah Khaled (laughs) whatever nerd eat some (laughs) pussy you fucking nerd I mean
2: hell yeah nobody's hogs that good
1: so, they shoot the dad. They tie him up, then put him in the car. Is that right? Couldn't but they, that. like,
0: edge him into the car at gunpoint. Yep. Uh, Legs tells Maddie to grab the keys. Maddie kind of fights her on it. She yeah. does it eventually. And she's like, where am I going? Where am I going? She, just drive. Just drive. So, Maddie drives to the house. Yeah. And then they put him in the house. Legs gives the gun to Rita mm-hmm. while she ties him up. And she's like, I just need to think. I just need to think. You'll be fine. Hold this.
2: Yep.
1: Yeah, that's right. And he what does he like make a
0: move or no goldie comes upstairs Yeah, i don't think
2: he does anything i think it's that she just kind of gets startled and shoots him in the shoulder yeah, yeah.
0: goldie's like goldie... hey guys what's going on yeah <laughs> yeah goldie comes upstairs and she's like dad what's going on and then rita gets startled and shoots yeah. yeah and hits him in the chest or the shoulder shoulder
2: yeah i thought it was like non-lethal but also not great yeah
0: no no you yeah. shot a man yeah yeah like and, you gotta get into a hospital not like right this second but soon yeah and fucking and that's
1: what <laughs> that's when legs is like so i'm gonna go yeah. um right. <laughs> so like boy it's getting late she's pointing at a watch she doesn't have she's like mm, i gotta
2: yeah, the, the three I got, other I, girls that we decided were less important take the dad to the hospital. I
1: can't miss Leno tonight, because, uh...
0: Nobody likes Leno. Sorry, Leno.
1: No, nobody <laughs> likes Leno. I especially don't like him after he, you know, screwed Conan over. Have you, have you seen that? Have you heard about that? I'm terrible and nobody likes me. Meh.
2: But at yeah. least he hasn't spoken <laughs> out about pussy.
1: Yo, I bet you Leno eats pussy real good.
2: <laughs> <laughs> because of all the chin action?
1: Yeah. Stop.
2: Chin hog situation.
1: Chin hog.
2: <laughs> Stop it. I'm so upset. Tina's like, I don't like where this is going. <laughs> At all.
1: Chin hog sounds like the name of a town that has like an elf problem. <laughs> the children of chin hog were.
2: <laughs> Hunter. We should have a podcast where you read fairy tales for the children. The children of... (laughs) Welcome to our new
1: podcast, The Children of Chin-Hog.
2: We're on the bridge, and Legs is gonna hitchhike her way out of here. Because, uh, not that she shot the dad, but the dad has been shot, and... Yeah, she's she's got priors. She just
1: got out of juvie. Yeah. She's Um, gotta go.
2: You know, Maddie's with her and stuff. And is like, like, you know, kind of like you're leaving. Yeah. She, and, you know.
1: Which, I mean, she's totally right. Like, it's fucked of you to leave right now. I understand, like, you don't want to take the rap for this. And you definitely will. Because, like, even though you didn't oh, shoot yeah. him, he and everybody didn't else I? probably will, you know, be what? like, hey, she had the gun.
2: And and you know clearly that you're an easy scapegoat because you don't have right. connections in this town. Right. So, like, even in the best of situations, you are fucked.
0: Yeah. Totally. Right. But not only that, if we're going to go with our theory about her being sort of this mystical character or that she is um, a metaphor for them, you know, kind of coming of age, her job is essentially done. Yep.
1: Yeah, you shot a man. You're an adult now.
0: Yeah. Well, she stirred up all the chaos necessary to get them on the right path. Yeah. Yeah. Not that, like, shooting a guy is great but that guy created a lot of issues and now now he probably will turn over a new leaf and hopefully look at things differently and be better to goldie that's the idea so like she her job is done she moves on to the next town and with the next group of girls that she emboldens to take over their own lives and so
2: undoubtedly with even more destruction and uh injury in her wake
0: Yeah, yeah i'm sure
2: yeah. Sometimes got, that's, it is what it is. You yeah. Got, yeah, you gotta. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. you
1: gotta, you know, break a couple eggs, and make an omelet. You mm-hmm.
2: know, yeah. chaos omelet. Yep. It's,
1: it's in my Sonic the Hog uh, game.
2: <laughs>
1: He's trying to collect the it's, chaos omelets. Yeah, it's
2: very funny. It's the
0: chaos emeralds in the song. I know what it is. I don't know that you play Sonic. <laughs> uh. Um. But anyway, I think this is the most moving scene. In the whole movie? Oh, yeah. Well, because it's it's Legs being all
2: like, uh, you'll know what to do when the moment happens. Right.
0: Well, Legs is asking Maddie to trust her gut. Yeah. And Maddie may or may not be. We don't know if Maddie's trusting her gut or not. We know that Maddie chooses not to go. Uh So is she trusting her gut and she doesn't think it's safe? Or is she too afraid to trust her gut at all?
3: Uh Oh.
0: Right but also Maddie and Legs say very little to each other after that because yeah. Legs is just like you know you look you look at you know look at the, their eyes and you determine whether or not it's safe you'll know like you'll know if it's safe to get in the car the truck stops for Legs and Legs looks at Maddie and Maddie just bursts into tears and you just know that she knows she's not going she yeah. can't go
2: Oh absolutely
0: Angelina Jolie Legs lets out this sound that is so sad Yeah, because it's like it's like part laugh and part weep. It's all at once. It's
2: that her heart broke a little bit.
0: Right. And you could hear it, though. It's Mm -hmm. beautiful. It's like the most incredible moment. And she makes this sound. And then she just says, you'll be in my heart, Maddie. And she goes and she doesn't look back. And it is gut wrenching. Yeah. Yeah.
1: My read on that was that it was, you know, Maddie, when the truck pulled up, Maddie looked at legs and, you know. She looked her in the eyes and saw that, you know, that life wouldn't be safe for her.
0: Okay. Yeah. You know,
1: she's not equipped for that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I hadn't thought about it as Maddie looking into her eyes and, and deciding, but yeah, that's valid. That's a good point. Like, that's one of the scenes that I, because then...
2: Yeah, that you clearly recollect because it's one of the most emotional points in the film. And this is where it stands tall is in those moments.
1: And it stands really tall because then when the truck drives away, Maddie climbs up on
0: top of the bridge.
2: Oh, yeah. She's not afraid of heights anymore. And it's like the sun comes up again.
0: Well, and I think that's the whole, that's the whole uh, end of the fable there. That's... Yeah the allegory that's the moral of the story that's she now isn't afraid of the things she was afraid of before she has grown she's a different person yes Um, a
1: new day dawned in chinhog
3: right (laughs) (laughs)
2: oh Oh, the things that we create on this thing god
0: (laughs) anyway um Yeah, so, and that's where that Christian Hirsch song, Me and My Charms, plays, Yeah, which is, like, so beautiful. It's, like, the whole chorus to that song is, you can't leave me now, I haven't left you yet. Yeah. And it's, like, so sad. Oh, my God. And then that's the end of it. We don't actually know how things play out for Rita and Violet and Goldie, and you just assume that their lives are different now. They have to be. Yeah, they definitely are. But we don't know.
2: Do either of you know if Maddie ever takes any photographs of Angelina Jolie? In the in
0: She the, does, yeah, and, and because legs? they're framed in the the abandoned house. Because okay. when yeah, Legs yeah, is yeah, in the collection yeah. facility, she's picking them all up off the shelf and looking at them.
2: Okay.
1: Yeah, the candle box uh, montage.
0: If you look at the pictures that she took of Legs, they're all like sort of really beautiful, sad candids. They're not, like when she photographed her boyfriend.
2: Oh, it's all very set up, yeah.
0: Very set up, very posed, very sexual, and very objectified and campy. And when she took pictures of the other girls, it was sort of objectifying them or looking at them in a way that is shallow.
2: Yeah, where it was like, because I mean, like, it's the her and Goldie thing where it was, um, like, ridiculing her almost.
0: Right, sure. Uh, But then the pictures that are in the house that she's collecting after uh, the court case... Are very different there, yeah. there are a lot of candids of the girls there are a lot of really sweet moments between the girls and then there's a very large picture of legs like an eight by ten um, that she takes off the shelf and looks at and it's sort of like a melancholy photo but it's mm-hmm. really beautiful and black and white mm-hmm. and you realize that she obviously a change has happened in her and the way that she was photographing them before and the way she's photographing them after is very different. Also the way she photographed somebody she was in love with before and the way she's photographing the person she's in love with now are very different. So I think you can see her growth through her work and, and it's really understated. It's not the focus of the movie and they don't really highlight that.
1: Well, there's also a read on her sexuality, in that,
0: oh yeah, the yeah. the
2: objectification versus actually perceiving somebody as a yeah, an equal or an individual, that, yeah,
1: right. Of of making a staged show of how sexual he is versus like actual genuine intimacy with her, yeah. right? Yeah,
0: yeah, valid, yeah.
2: And I mean, like, I feel like that's a big part of coming of age is learning the depth of love because yeah. mm-hmm. you have that like teenage like. You're never going to have the same relationships you do when you're a teenager where, like, they are very hormone-driven and very, like...
1: Well, yeah, everything is the first time.
2: Magnified, yeah. yeah.
0: It's all lusty and...
1: I mean, even your friendship, I mean, uh, that's that's what Stand uh, Stand By Me, you know, the body, that's yeah. what that is, is like, you never make the friends you make when you're 14 or whatever yeah. the line is. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. But, but yeah. It's because everything but, is the first time. It's the first adventure you're going on with your friends, you know, whatever. Right.
2: But then starting to actually feel like deeper connections where it's like, well, what does this actually mean in an examination of like long-term, the weight of caring about somebody?
0: sure well it's a commitment yeah. issue yeah. so maddie would have had to committed to changing her whole life to leave with legs
2: right
1: yeah or legs would have had to change her whole life to stay her whole life to com- right yeah to stay in that town um, but
2: i think also but, like it's a step forward that they were considering it too and i think that's no, kind of maybe a point yeah. of the movie <laughs> yeah that's what i was gonna say is, yeah um it's, it's finally i it, think uh, uh approaching that precipice and realizing that you have a decision to make here that you've not really considered before
0: I think it's the kind of decision making that comes like if she had if legs had never come into her life and she stayed with her boyfriend Mm -hmm. and college time came and they had already decided they were going to go to the same school but like you know is that commitment not necessarily no um but there's this decision that like are you going to stay together are you going to make this work because high school relationships often are a matter of convenience. You think mm-hmm. each other's attractive and, like, you have all these hormones and you can touch each other in the hallways or whatever. And it, or it a family house.
2: It's the best or, yeah. fit get relative to your environment as well. Sure. But when your right. world gets bigger, then you can find somebody that actually jives more with, like, your aspirations and your goals.
0: Right. Well, and actually, I think that that's the perfect way to put it because yeah. legs I think made all of their worlds bigger yes. without them yeah. ever leaving their own world. Yeah, definitely. I think that was what her job was. That was her role in this. Yeah.
1: Guys, I'm really proud of us. We did a really good deep dive on Foxfire.
2: Yo, sure also, did. Tina, <laughs> when we did yes. Hereditary and you were talking about, like, not really liking the movie until we talked about it more, I feel like this has given me a better appreciation of this film because, like, I watched as a teenager. I didn't really care for it. I watched it again went, yeah, I can see why I didn't care for this. And mm. now I'm kind of like, I mean... There's some good things here. It's just, it's not a perfect movie, but like, right? you know. All right. I know, I'm getting too... No, no, yeah. so
1: on that note, yeah. Uh, do we want to, do we feel like we're ready to, to, to weigh in? Ready, well, yeah. Allison, I feel like since I uh, interrupted you, you, can, you yeah. can go
2: first. It's a watch with an exclamation point. Like, I feel like it's got a lot to say about a certain time period, both in an individual life. And also in the 90s, like it's a very 90s movie and it's kind of required watching for 90s like that and a couple like we also mentioned, um, you know, uh, Empire Records and like a couple of other movies that like are very quintessential 90s. So like for that era, this is definitely a must watch and yeah as a as a you know coming of age movie from a female perspective it's a watch i i never have like a very strong like i love this movie like i never love this movie but um in talking about it more i think it might be a more important film than i was willing to give it credit for for a long time mm. so
1: i'll go next i i feel Similar to that. Um, It's not quite a great watch because I don't think it's a great movie as a whole. I think there are some really, really great scenes in it. Um, And and, uh, the cinematography is largely very, very good. The performances are largely very, very good. The script is a little dodgy at times, and it's a bit messy. So I don't think it's quite a great watch. But I think it's a very strongly recommended watch Um, because, yeah, it it, it captures a, a... the nineties of yeah. a, a very specific, like type of the nineties. But yeah, I think it's, I think it's worth checking out for all the, you know, things that we, we talked about and, I mean also, you know, watch it with some of the weird reads, it, you know, in it and look, look at the subtext really, and see what you think. Like this wasn't anything that we really planned on talking about. But, like, all those things, as we were talking about them, I was like, oh, that, that does, you know, make sense with this. And so does that. And, well, uh, that's interesting. And, and I, uh, you know, I like something that you can watch again, uh, you know, a little bit more, a little less superficially, a little bit more, you know.
2: Critically. Yeah.
1: yeah. I like yeah.
0: that. Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah, I think it's a, it's a recommend. It's yeah. a recommended watch.
0: I think that's fair. So I had a couple of feelings about this that had changed throughout my life. When I first the first time I had seen it, it had like really changed my life. I felt like it was so important and there were so many things that I had never seen or thought about. I never felt like I watched a movie that understood teenage girls, like that kind of thing. I had a lot of emotional connection to it, but I was like 14 or something like that. Right. And then I watched it again with Michael and I was like, "Whoa, oh, this is rough." But I realized that I I had I I idealized this movie. This movie was groundbreaking to me at the time that I had watched it. And so when I watched it with him, I was like, oh man, this is bad. This is kind of embarrassing. This is kind of embarrassing. When I watched it again for this, I was like, you know what? I was hard on it. I was too hard on it. I think that there are definitely some holes. I think there are some parts of the script that really could use a lot of work. It is a bit on the melodramatic side, but Mm -hmm. I think that there are so many more redeeming qualities that I brushed over because I held it at such a high standard and then I dropped it to a very low standard and then I could actually (laughs) look at it in a way that was reasonable. And sometimes you need to do that. You need to take a couple looks at something until you can actually look at it in a way that's, that's real. And the cinematography I think is stunning. Yes. I think the acting, especially by Angelina Jolie and, um, Hedy Burgess? Yeah, Burgess, yeah. yeah. I think that they are standout. And the other characters are, are just as good, but they are standout. And um, some of the scenes are extremely touching. And I really love this idea of her just being the catalyst for change. Legs is the one who comes in and like sets it a fire, sets everything on fire and lets it burn and walks out and changes everybody's life. And that's a really cool concept to me. So I definitely feel like it's a recommended watch. I would love for somebody to go into it with that idea in mind. Like I want to watch it again and look more closely and find more that adds to that theory. Cause I think there's more there. So I would love for people to watch it with that in mind. If you've seen it before and you didn't care for it, maybe give it another look and like look at it through those eyes and see if you see it differently. But it will, I think, mean a lot more to somebody who has lived through that generation and who experienced the 90s in a similar way.
2: Yeah, it's the other thing, man, is that, like, not everybody's got the same teenage experience. And so I'm really not sure how people would... Because we all grew up, you know, more or less in a similar spot where, like, this is something that you can sort of relate to. You can understand what's happening here. And... I'm not sure what it's going to be like for future generations. If this is right. just something that we're looking at in a very specific way, because we were of the age
0: f- that it for was sure. intended for. But yeah. I think it's got a time capsule feel about it. Yeah. It feels like you've opened up a window into the nineties. definitely, and, and that's pretty cool. Um, so I lean towards great watch. I think that it has more redeeming qualities than it does. Um, not so great ones, but what I say if you have no interest in this movie you should watch it anyway? No. Uh you have to have some interest. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah, have to, no, you have to you have to commit to it a little bit. It's not going to um, win anybody over I don't Yeah, think. you have to you
1: yeah. have to meet a you have to meet a
2: halfway. Um young right. Angelina Jolie and that's kind of probably where you're going to lose people is anything beyond that.
1: I, yeah, I mean, but, honestly, like, we talked a lot about how, like, you know, beautiful she is in this, but, like, she's really fucking good in this.
0: Yeah. Yeah, she is. Yeah. I, and I don't want to be the person who just says she's beautiful, because she is beautiful. No, no, yeah.
1: I mean, that's what I mean. Like, that's a, so kind of a talented. given. But, like, she's super um, fucking good in this.
0: Yeah. There's so many moments that she reads the lines so perfectly. Yeah. Or... She says nothing, and she doesn't have to because her face says exactly what she's thinking. And that sound at the end, that sound she makes when she sees Maddie won't come with her, just breaks my heart. It is just beautiful. So, like, those moments, I think, really make it worth your time. It's not a long movie. It's, like... It is... An
2: hour and forty two minutes.
0: Yeah. So it's not a long movie. If you have an afternoon to kill, which we all do. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Like check it out. See if you like it. If you don't like it, you don't like it. But Yeah,
1: it's on Tubi. Tubi's free. It's on yep. Pluto. Pluto's free.
0: I, I think it's got enough redeeming qualities to say that you won't feel like you wasted your afternoon.
1: I gotta w I have to agree. Tina, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Do you want to direct no. people to your social media or anything?
0: absolutely not <laughs> don't um, don't be my friend please
2: watch stranger in a or not watch
1: <laughs> watch someone read the book stranger in a strange land yeah uh
2: read stranger in a strange land or get it on one of those um they read you books sites
1: so i haven't it's been months since I've had to do the wrapping up the end of the show thing, so...
2: Let's see how rusty he is.
1: Uh, if you want to like us and follow us on various social media platforms, we're on Twitter and Instagram at hwgwpodcast. Um, you can email us at write, hwgw, which is w-r-i-t-e-h-w-g-w at gmail.com uh we are available every other wednesday that's every, every other wednesday. wednesday on the movie john podcast network and i think that's it um anywhere wherever
2: you... you get your podcasts from
1: yeah anywhere you can like us subscribe give us a five star rating yeah um, because it helps spread the word about the podcast because uh, yeah. more people see it because there's more five star ratings and blah blah yeah. blah
0: you could Also, comment about how you enjoy me as a guest more than you enjoy Brian Bierman. That would be appreciated. Yeah, Yeah.
1: fuel to the foxfire of the feud between them. Uh,
2: Does Brian know I'm coming for him.
1: Yeah, oh yeah. Oh. Oh yeah. Okay. I'm going to have to have a belt made.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Give me
0: the aggro crag. I want want the the aggro crag. Yeah.
1: Uh, uh thanks thanks so much for doing this tina yeah. thanks so much for doing this twice yeah uh,
2: not only thank you for pleasure. doing this but thank what you what else am I fucking supposed to do dealing with my tits on your screen as i try to fix the laptop i'm at it girl i'm at it thanks
1: <laughs> i love you guys uh we love you back oh boy that was begrudging
0: Call is the last time we tried to do this. We discussed actually watching commercials and how weird that is.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, we and, okay. Well, do you want to introduce the film and say where we watched it, and then we can?
0: Oh yeah, that's not related to the film. It was just me bullshitting. But oh. <laughs> we can go into it. Um, no, because well, we watched this day, on uh
1: Tubi. Yes, yeah, Tubi yeah. and Tubi. Oh, I it...
0: watched it on Pluto. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah, I think Maybe. we had it on Tubi. I don't remember.
1: Yeah, I think that's what it was. But yeah, they they interject um, commercials every 15, 20 minutes at random. Oh,
2: no. It was Pluto because we were talking about how they don't warn you that the
0: ad is coming. Yeah, they just throw it at you. No, I know. Have you seen the commercial where they use the Welcome Back Cotter theme song? (laughs) No. No, for what? It's for, like, Applebee's, I think. Where Uh, they're, like, trying to welcome you back to Applebee's
1: like in a post-covid world or whatever which is like it's not post it's (laughs) mid but
0: right yeah i was i was upset i Uh, was yeah that's really stupid welcome back
1: you're definitely gonna get sick welcome back
0: Uh
1: i sneezed all over this fish stick
0: (laughs) oh they don't have fish sticks at applebee's do they i I don't know i
1: I haven't been in an applebee's in like 10 years
0: I mean, I thought they because had- that's of the a witch's call.
1: curse. <laughs> 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 she said if I ever go back to an Applebee's I'll die, so
2: I thought they just have a lot that's of appetizers. That's probably
1: true. Applebee's? Yeah. So they just have appetizers, so they wouldn't no. have a fish stick, is no, that what you are saying? No,
2: I'm saying I thought they have a lot of appetizers, so fish sticks not a weird thing for them to have. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like yeah.
1: Like, they definitely have shrimp. I think I've remember shrimp in the commercials. Yeah, I
2: thought they do like a lot of appetizers and signature cocktails, and then like entrees and shit. But like, it's that kind of like, yeah, like fast a lot of casual surf and turf thing. kind yeah. of nonsense.
1: Yeah, yeah. I feel like there's probably fish sticks there. If you've ever eaten fish sticks at an Applebee's, right in.
0: <laughs> Please do. Because I don't think you're still alive. <laughs> I think that was your last meal. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Oh! Stroking the hug. <laughs>